Don't tell me you don't have four more reps in you. Come on, Chris, don't tell me it didn't happen. I was there. Jesse Ventura is here? I was doing tricep extensions in the Gulf of Tonkin. I'm a frogman, so are you, Chris. Come on now. We ain't got time to bleach here in the gym. Uh, I have a question, though. What's going on with Hulk Hogan's hair? It's blonde, and yet it's silken, like that of a Chinese man. Ah, yes. Uh, that is Hulk Hogan's signature look. Blonde Chinese hair and the skin of a hot dog. It's awesome. Uh, the whole thing's fake, but it's really awesome. The Top of Wrestling with your host, OGM. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably looks like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! With me. I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist <laughs> me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! Our impressions. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. that I got that out because I have been coughing my brains out for the last three minutes before this recording, so let's see how the rest of the show goes. Maybe we're off to a good start and that's where it's going to go, and it's Wednesday, you know what that means. The top of wrestling, baby, we're here to bring you the top of news, the top of recent AEW, some bring it to the table, some good shit, even a movie of the week, but not going to lie, I'm excited. This may be uh, probably my most memorable flashback when we're going to talk about our Monday Night Wars when it comes to our 25-year later journey. And today is talking about the big show that was Revenge of the Taker. It's on 420. So many things I have to get into. And then also the Raw and Nitro to follow up. Thanks so much for listening to us. I am the Professor Mark Fantasia, and I appreciate you guys listening to us. We appreciate you listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Hey guys, subscribe, like, and share. You never know, when you do, we throw out some really cool swag. Just ask little John. Ladies and gentlemen, he's here. He's ready. He's ODM. Oh no, please, please, by all means, go ahead and just walk in here like you own the place. Let me ask you something. Should I move out of state? 
I'm just curious. I, should I move out of state? Should I go back to Buffalo to wrestle? <laughs> There's so many things to uncover in this. Okay, first, you got Gilbert Gottfried. Second, you got Sidney Bernstein, which is amazing. And then third is the obvious fun shout-out to someone we know that's like, hey, man, puts a poll out there. Do you guys think I should leave town? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Nobody said no. And I'm like... To be honest with you, I think that's more of a kick in the dick than anything. <laughs> Not one person's like, no, don't go. Not even fakely. Um, man, rest in peace to Gilbert Gottfried. That one, um, wow. I'm not sure if you saw this. I'm sure you probably did. It made its rounds on Twitter. But after Bob Saget and Louie Anderson had died, Gilbert Gottfried put up a picture saying the three of them. And he's like, wow, this picture means so much more to me now. And it's the three of them together in a selfie. And now it's all three comedy legends yeah. uh, together, man. But that sucks. Cause there is not one comedian that'll ever be the same as him. It's straight character. People people can't tell something. Is that how he talks? Is that like can he actually open his eyes, you know? But um <laughs> right. he did actually uh have a disease. I, I had to go into some uh research into it. He actually had uh, some a disease that he was dealing with with his in his life. Uh not MD but DM I think it was called, which is uh, anyway, muscular dystrophy. Um but it wasn't that. I, yeah, um, I didn't look because, you know, when I see it, it's like, eh, I don't want to know. It just sucks. So Yeah, it's kind of you know? the same, you know. But you knew it wasn't like shot himself or drug lit related. You know, you're <laughs> right. like, oh, it's either age or just a disease. So He got tired um, of hearing his own he... voice. <laughs> Dude, if have you ever watched any of the Comedy Central roasts? Yeah. Oh my god! When he's on there, he'll just go with one joke, and that's all he needs. And he'll he'll roast everybody in one joke. And in walks Lisa Lampanelli. <laughs> like, oh my god! It's and it's funny you brought in Beverly Hills Cop too. Oh, you had to. Cindy Birdsey. I love that. Was that was amazing. Just that intro line where he's like, "Oh no, please, by all means, don't let the sign." <laughs> and then the ending too. Um, I want to make a donation in the name of Cindy Bernstein. It's my alias. Oh yes, sir, Mr. Bernstein. <laughs> like he says, "What if there was something in this room that you maybe wanted?" <laughs> oh my god! You know, also, I forgot how much I love him in Problem Child. Oh, yeah. John Ritter classic. Um, also Kramer's in it. The yeah. bow tie killer or whatever. Okay. Uh, but he's the one that pawns off the little kid. And he's amazing. Got it. Yeah. So I'm glad you did a, a Gilbert impression. Yeah. Wasn't ready for that. And I also, went <laughs> I'm so glad that you went with the, uh, should I move? <laughs> <laughs> it turned out a lot better than I thought. Well, we'll see how I feel when I hear it back. So it's really funny when you think about that Buffalo thing, because now I understand it a little more, I think. Um, because now I understand the, f- the fuck Garcia. We'll just go there. I understand that. That's, that's, the, that's kind of a little background story that goes like maybe two months ago into episodes. That's, that's the that we th- brought up briefly, but yeah, that's the thing, man. Every time I've heard him talk about wrestling in Buffalo, he seems like he hates it. So I don't know why he would go back, but then again, and know. you want to say fuck Garcia. Hey man, I'm not trying to say, you know, 
everybody work their ass off to get where they're at. Right. Because some people maybe stepped on some people, and that's fine. Yeah. Or, but, like Nash says. Can't knock the dude. He's in the Jericho Appreciation Society with a fat Jared Leto, so it's cool. <laughs> um, that one guy, it's part of 2.0. I don't know which one he is. They renamed him. That made it worse for me now. Yeah. Um, I'm sh- we'll get into renaming, but the one guy, doesn't he look like a fat Jared Leto? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. It's funny because I've seen. I saw a great meme the other day. It said, uh, "Shitty movies to be made." Jared Leto, and you see him running towards it. <laughs> it was Seth like, Rollins. That's a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw it. Except I always get him confused with Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, they kind of look the same to me. But which one did Requiem for a Dream? Jared Leto. Yeah. I. That's you introduced he, me to that one. Yeah, he was good in that one. I went home and and. Uh, back when on cable, you know, you could actually go on and get a movie for like two, three bucks or whatever, you know, right. it, I'm not even sure if you can do that kind of stuff with on demand, but I remember at big John's house, you told me to go there and, and or we were talking you're like, just check it out. And I was like, what the fuck did I just watch, man? That was yeah. the weirdest thing ever. It'll fuck you up. That's, 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 that's movie. I yes, think that's like is. one of the few. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually got a screen grab of that dude once where he's holding up the money and he says it. I got a screen grab. <laughs> actually, I think I have it on my computer right now. It's so great. I'm so glad that you specified that's a new that episode guy. cover. You have a screen grab of that. <laughs> and I go, why, man? I'm like, the millions of things that you could look up on the internet, you went to that part of the movie. <laughs> God, I love Jennifer Conley. Yeah. Oh, I know, man. Talk about crushing your, your childhood vision of uh, a childhood crush. Yeah, I don't think I've watched that movie all the way through more than once. Okay, just... I have to tell this story real quick, and then we'll, we will move on to, pro- to wrestling, I promise. But this is, I, I don't know if I ever, ever, ever told you this story. Now, I have plenty of chicken nuggets ready for this. May even add, like, a little bit of wine. And I put the movie on. I was in my apartment. This is uh, my divorce that I was going through yeah. at the time, right? Yep. So I went back. It's like midnight, 1 a.m. I put this movie on. I also had a little bit of Taco Bell. I was happy. I'm ready to go. I am watching it, and I swear on my mother. I swear on this podcast, on everything. May Brooklyn Brawler come back and be the WWE champion if I'm lying. <laughs> okay. During the middle of that exact scene where it goes from mental shocks to the guy's arm being oh, cut off God, to ass yeah. to ass, bam, 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 bam. It does that. I swear to God, the remote is far away from me. I have it on the other couch. I'm sitting on my chair with an ottoman. And on its own, the channel starts switching back, forth, back, forth. During the middle of that exact thing, no bullshit, no lie, and then it just landed right back on it. And I go, what just happened here? Yes. And I'm like, I'm not sure if someone could have done it from afar with their, because it was an apartment complex, maybe the... The, the windows open people are like hey, I'm gonna change the channel man I really don't want to watch ass to ass right here but I don't know man it was just really really weird that that happened I swear to god my my cable box Time Warner at the time went on a weird fritz during the middle of that scene so I can't watch any of that ever since it's been I feel like there was a sign something was telling me hey man you got any WWE news this week or any uh, wrestling news or anything like that Jesus it's okay man I know it is definitely uh, a, a bit jarring uh especially when you're not expecting it. 
Uh, I, there's there's just one thing in, in in the news, and it's funny because I kind of went on a rant on it the other day, uh, which is it appears. And now this is from Meltzer, so take it with a grain of salt or whatever. Uh, but apparently, WWE has issued a memo regarding name changes. This comes from Vince himself. No more actual names. No more indie names. Uh, Austin Theory is the latest in this uh, shocking development, and Austin is his. Is he real... Austin or Theory? Well, Austin is his real first name, so now he is just Theory. <laughs> they legit have a policy in place. That's why Gunther, because Walter was his real name and his indie name, so they said, "Nope, fuck that." Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Now, there's obviously going to be exceptions. You know, Randy Orton, Pete Dunne, things like that. You yeah. know, yeah, you're not going to fuck mean, with those. Even, I mean, people look at it, I mean, come on, man. Seth Rollins is Tyler Black. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley. Roman Reigns is Joe, mm-hmm. you know? Um, speaking of, I sent that clip to you guys. Man, on the Young Rock show, they make a quick reference, and I had to watch, like, seven different clips to confirm that it wasn't fake, dubbed over, or anything like that, because I don't watch a Young Rock show. Right. Yeah, apparently, it's it's narrated by Rock, but mm-hmm. also some other guy, because some other guy pops in there and goes, I know a guy named Joe, too, but he doesn't have a job or some shit like that. And I go, what the fuck? And I go, hmm, this is doctored. <laughs> nope, it wasn't. It's a show, but I haven't watched it. But while they're all sitting around watching Yokozuna, he does a Samoan drop. And uh, what would I assume is Peter Maivia's wife? You know, the grandmother of The Rock. She looks up and says, every Samoan drop is a love, uh, violent love letter to you. And everybody puts their arm at the air. Fucking, it's Rocky Johnson, the wild Samoans, and Iron Sheik is sitting in there having a conversation too. And he goes, I don't like the Samoan drop. It hurts my belly. Fucking just great. I, I may have to start watching this show. But then out of nowhere, this little kid jumps up on top of The Rock, who's supporting the mustache, and, like, really thin, pimp mustache, and he starts headlocking him from behind. And and he goes, I want to be someone drop. No one answers him. And he points, and he goes, acknowledge me. And all of a sudden, uh... a thing pops up, and he goes, that's my little cousin Joe. He would go on to be Roman Reigns, uh, future WWE champion, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, come on, wrestle me, Dewey. And he calls him Dewey, which is kind of like, you know, Dwayne. I'm sure it's kind of like a nickname in the family or whatever. But right. uh, And he goes, nah, the world's not ready for that. A match that big ha- can only happen at WrestleMania. And I go, oh, my God, did they just use a TV show to promote an upcoming match possibly at whatever time? I don't care if, if that's what it was used for, but, God, that was awesome. It hasn't made its waves. I don't feel like in WWE they haven't shown it or anything. It's just... Hmm. I got my hands on it somehow, but I don't know why, but I saw it and I go, aw, I want to watch this. And I, I even sent it to you guys. I go, why am I smiling? Uh, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I've heard uh, Cornette talk about it, weekly Cornette reference. Uh, they've talked about it before, and they've said that there's a lot of uh, historical inaccuracies. Like they've just taken liberties with certain things just so they could – do you know make something for the show like a scene for the show even though like those particular people weren't there at that time and you know so i well, don't know and that, yeah to say like iron sheik is chilling out watching 
a Yokozuna match on Superstars, by the way. It was like a superstar show. I'm like, yeah, everybody was sitting around at 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning being like, oh, we all ready? All right, let's watch Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny you say that about taking liberties. Little sidestep, but kind of in the same realm. I read a thing the other day that Jim Ross said he will no longer partake in doing any of the dark side of the ring mm-hmm. documentaries. Yeah, I saw that. He said, I like those guys. I, I thought I think they have good intent. What they're doing is bringing the dark side to things. But they take certain parts of an interview and make it look like that's all the person said or there's no context to it and sure. makes it seem more vicious. You know, it's for editing, but also for... Uh, ratings. Yeah. And he go in how he was portrayed on there. He said he wasn't a fan of, and he's just, you know, I wish him all the best of luck, but I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm like, Oh God. And I'm like, and there goes the credibility for me. I feel like watching that show. I don't know why it just kind of kills it a little bit for me. I'm still going to watch it, but I'm like some of the interviews I'm there for the story, but for the interviews, I'm like, how much did you take out of this? But then you watch the Jake Roberts one and, I don't think they pulled any punches on that one. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's just how Jim felt for him. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, it's definitely a bummer because you got to figure on most of the big stories, he either has insight or he was there. So not having his... You know, I was there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep saying that a lot today. Much like how you heard Killer Cross. That was Killer Cross, if you didn't know that. In the very beginning... Sounded like it was Jesse the Body Ventura. You're probably like, why is that happening? I also threw in something from It's Always Sunny because that makes me laugh. But um, I've watched that Killer Cross impersonation, no bullshit, easily, easily 20, 30 times now. Whether it's popped up on a YouTube thing or on a, a Facebook, whatever. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, he nailed it. I was there, but I'm going to keep saying that today because with the Monday Night Wars... I was there, ODM. Don't tell me. Um, I have to. I have to pivot to something that is very, very exciting to me. Eight, not and not even Monday Night Wars. It's kind of funny. Um, AEW is continually putting on. I don't want to use the words pay per view quality. Um, dynamites. Because people are saying, well, that's aiming too high and, and it's kind of shitting on it or whatever. I wouldn't call them that. I would just think they are stellar cards. And here's the deal. I, I think there's a lot of matches you could save for a pay-per-view. But by that time that we hit every pay-per-view, since there's only four a year, I'm going to be honest with you, most of these guys may die by then. And I'm only talking like we don't have 20 years to, to build out to have all these matches the way we want so I am absolutely okay with watching the match on TV if you are saying to yourself oh well I hate the picture in picture I hate commercials like me did a little research if you have the subscription to fight which apparently is really not that not bad it really isn't um it it stays live these guys still commentate there's no break for the guys there there's no picture in picture there's no commercial it's just straight there they say they're gonna go picture in picture but they keep commentating then you hear them go hey we're back did a little work a little research you know how i do professor 
Um, but that being said, it was announced already that we knew of it. The Ring of Honor TV Championship was on the line this past Wednesday. In the main event, Samoa Joe versus Minaro Suzuki. Not only that, they already had another uh, title match that was planned, a tag team title match. And they also, the day of, announced the day of. CM Punk is going to take on Penta, El Mero Sierro, Anameno Piasquero. Yo, he's got a, way too many names. Um, I know he had to do it for reasons or whatever, but I just, just Penta. Let's just go Penta. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. That's what we're going to call him. His mama named him Penta. We're going to call him Penta. <laughs> and Punk versus Penta opens up Dynamite. It was good. Slow pace for a, a Penta match. Right. A touch sped up for a Punk match. Happy medium. Not everything's going to be a home run. Nope. Now that match, if you asked me in the very beginning when he showed up on Rampage, I would have been like, yeah, dude, you know what? Punk should definitely have a pay-per-view match against Penta. That would be a good match, right? A good build-up. We have a good, right? Nope. Now that we just wasted it away on Dynamite, it was worth it. It was worth doing it on a dynamite. So my my point is that not everything is going to ha- happen on a pay-per-view. Just take each dynamite it is, as it is and enjoy it. I've loved the past few dynamites. Mm-hmm. Why don't you do me a favor and break down this past week's dynamite? Yeah, they're they're definitely ramping it up. Uh, so, yeah, uh, opening match with CM Punk defeating Penta Oscuro. Uh, next, we keep the MJF train going, uh, losing again to Sean Dean, this time via countout. Uh, go ahead. I so I texted you and I go, Hey, are you live? I go, I happen to figure it out. So uh, quick side thing, uh, here in Naples where I was, where I'm at, at the, the place where my RV is, they're doing construction. They go, Hey, we need you to move closer to the front where I did, where I had the great internet and use the projector for WrestleMania. And I go, Oh, okay. It's so beautiful. The fire stick works just mwah, beautiful. And I go, oh, my God, I think I'm going to watch some of these things live on the TV. And I got to instead of watching it on an iPad. Um, So not only did I get to watch Dynamite, I got to watch Battle of the Belts. I got to watch uh, Rampage, all of them. Sweet. It was great internet. So I was excited. So I text you, hey, man, are you watching live? Dart's over, right? You go, nope, because Dart's over. (laughs) Wife's like, hey, we're going out. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But... Um, I I did text you about this. I go, I need to say it right now because it's going to possibly come true on this thing. I said each week they're getting bigger, right? It started with an 8x10. The next week it was like 8x13 or whatever. However, I don't know the That's dimensions poster size. like I do. Now they had them that were pretty good sized for the guardrail in front of the fans right there in the front row. They're getting bigger and bigger for these signs for Wardlow. But the problem is that now he actually has a match this coming week on, on Dynamite. So they may be as far as they go. But I was kind of hoping they were going to get to, like, giant banner size, <laughs> like, you know, hanging from the rafters. I would have loved it. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah, so we have uh, Jericho Hager and Garcia defeating Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, probably a good way for them to just get some heat. So uh, we look forward to the pay-per-view to settle that feud. Uh, next so, oh, God. Uh, I just want to throw in a prediction, but also 
a good moment. Before the match, they showed that when the Jericho Appreciation Society, the three guys that are in the match, show up in a plane, Jericho starts cutting a promo, and you hear Eddie, and they pan over with the camera, and he's in the car, and he goes, Jericho, I told you, on sight. And he pulls away, and both 2.0 guys are laying on the ground. One does not have his shoes, and his thumbs are all, he's like complaining about his thumbs. So later, when they show up to this thing, Guy showed up fucking shoeless, and the other guy, and the other one had still like his ta- his thumbs were all taped up and stuff. Uh-huh. And it was a five on three beatdown at the end. First, Ortiz comes to the ring, shoes dangling from his neck. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, man. And I, I thought about saving something for bringing it to the table, but I'll get into this in just a second. But, um. With the Jericho Appreciation Society, it's five to three. Oh, God, I feel it, man. Could be a really good time to bring in Hernandez and Homicide. I said it before. I would love if you bring in the other part of LAX and all these guys together. You got five versus five. And I'm not just saying it off of nationality. I'm saying they work together in Impact Mm -hmm. and other promotions together. It would just perfect. I would love it. Um, And Eddie's that perfect piece to it. And... Proud and powerful were LAX in Impact at one point. Speaking of, you had mentioned not too long ago how good the match was between Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks mm-hmm. at All Out, the ladder match. And I go, I got to go back and watch it. Because I remember the Steel Cage match because that was very vivid from All Out on the projector. But I was like, I got to go back and see this here. And I rewatched it the other night and. Okay, fantastic. Uh, the Canadian Destroyer off the top of the ladder onto a table. Um, some of the things were a little too corny. I forgot about how they like did very in synced like splashes off the top ropes, but it was or off the top of the ladder. But they were like, it was Matt Jackson and Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like both doing the move to the foes. It was weird, but right at the very end, proud and powerful came out in the Bill Clinton mask and the Richard Nixon masks. Beat down everybody, take the mask off, the crowd goes fucking nuts. Santana had, like, the thinnest of hair at the time, you know what I mean? Ortiz is just chewing on his tongue, and I go, oh my god, I forgot how they, like, premiered, how they got going, because Dynamite was a couple of weeks after this, and I go, wow, and here we are, and I'm putting them in, like, my favorite tag team in today's division, and I'm a huge wrestling fan, so Red Dragon is always going to be one of my favorite teams, but... God damn, I love Santana and Ortiz, man. Oh, my God. Give me more. Get into the title picture. So I just got to do it, man. Got to say it again. You definitely turned me on to them. The more I got into them and paid attention and just kind of took into what Ortiz and Santana are like, God damn, I love it. It's awesome. They, they And they've progressed, too. They definitely oh, totally. were in a lull at first, and I think it might have felt more like that because we liked them so much. Let's Let's play a quick game. I want to see if you're ready for this one. What was the first time you remember Santana killing it on the microphone? Do you remember? What uh, at least the storyline feud it, was. It was the Moxley feud uh, when he went after his yeah, eye. Yeah, the eye yeah. thing. and all uh-huh. his de- Oh, my God. Yeah. And you and I go, what? Yeah. Holy shit. He tore it up. Yeah. God. 
Good job. Nice. All right, you can go on with the rest. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm just saying there's a lot of promising shit going on uh-huh. in AEW. I'm loving every bit of it. And and I think there's enough that we can kind of blow past the, the negative stuff, right? You know what I mean? There's still stuff that we're going to complain about. There's certainly stuff I'm going to sure. complain about. But uh, for yeah, the last couple uh, times that I've watched, including the one that I, uh, that I ended up watching with uh, the FTR Young Bucks match, uh, just good, oh, yeah. top to bottom. There was more good than bad. I think you know it's really heading in the right direction. It's kind of scary that Tony Khan might be losing his fucking mind, but that's a different story altogether. Um, next we get Powerhouse. He's a hell of a drug. <laughs> Goddamn Adderall. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks defeat Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, again, you know, getting heat on the. Did heels. you hear the fucking pop? for Ricky Starks because it was a hometown uh, reaction for him. Right. They were in New Orleans, and he could not hold it together. Go back and watch. When he gets to the rope, he has tears, and he can't stop, man. He just starts crying, and he's trying to still be like the heel. Yeah. uh, The heel Ricky Starks, you know, very cocky asshole. And he can't hold together, and you even hear Jim Ross call it out, and he goes, it's an emotional moment here for him because um, I guess he left – not or he was there living through everything during Hurricane Katrina, all that stuff. So for him to come home, crowd went fucking nuts. And I go, oh, they're going to make him lose. And they let Hobbs and Starks take the win. And I go, I forgot it's not WWE. That's right. I- exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I was just going to say. I forgot say. what I was watching for a moment. <laughs> yep. AEW actually lets you win in your hometown. Imagine that. Um, and not on a dark match either. Uh, right. Yep. So uh, AEW tag titles, of course, Jurassic Express retains. We've got to get these fucking titles off these guys and onto somebody else. you got enough decent things. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Dragons and dinosaurs. Blah. Yeah, and then uh, our main event, Samoa Joe winning the Ring of Honor TV title from Minoru Suzuki. Kind of expected that that was going to happen. Um, it makes sense. Extremely it, it, reminiscent yeah. of Joe versus Kabashi. Mm-hmm. Joe's chest looked like he, it did during the Kabashi match. Um, and they opened with it. They opened with... All right, well, we're just going to slap the piss out of each other. Let's get that out of the way now. And the crowd was chanting, this is awesome, like, within seconds, you know, and we'll get to that. Um, it's just, God, just fantastic, man. It was, it, it was, I, there's nothing I can even get into about the match and be like, oh, and, you know, a lot of this, a lot of that. It was exactly what you thought it was going to be. And then I had an issue because I forgot, and you brought it up last week, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt were going to be hanging at ringside, or that they said they were going to have a, a present. present for yeah. Samoa Joe. And to me, I was like, huh, now they're just sitting at ringside? I thought this was supposed to be a bigger thing. And I go, huh, I think they're running out of time. And it showed with the presentation of the fucking present. It was like the Ezekiel idea. Well, fuck, let's just say yours, brother, for right now. Um, Which, by the way, the memes are getting goddamn out of control. (laughs) Yeah, they are. Went to his grandfather, all the way to a hot-looking sister, by the way. It's kind of funny how someone made all these memes. Anyway, um, but a middle finger. 
it, the the middle finger coming out of the, the the present. It was like a dick in the box. That's all it was. And I was like, that's it. That's what you had. But then it was the lights out, and then it comes out to the debut of. Do you have his name, by the way? Uh, Great Kali 2.0 makes an appearance (laughs) with, holy shit, a helmet for a head, like a gladiator helmet for a head, where it's like everything above his eyebrows was four feet out from like the nose and the mouth and everything else. That was the biggest forehead I've ever seen in my life. So, Great Kali 2.0 beats the living piss out of Samoa Joe. What's his name? You got it? I'm, I'm trying to get to the goddamn E. Oh, okay. Oh, you were laughing. I thought you figured it's, it out. It's, so, it's, it's Indian. They're, they're basically pulling the WWE and trying to expand their India market. Like, I legit, saw that. Legit. Which, okay, Sanjay Dutt, I'm there. He's going to be your speaking sidekick to this guy and I guess he's been in the nightmare factory for a little bit doing some work um all right I gotta be honest here let's play pros and cons Tony Khan said yeah I dropped the ball on that one it could have been done better the lights out people someone told him he goes and everything comes through me and I approve of things so yes I am the one but I had a very very well seasoned legendary vet in the business, who is a producer, who said, let's have the lights go out. I was like, yeah, okay. And it could be anybody back there. Arn, Dean. Pat Buck. uh, Pat, oh, Jesus. I saw that. Um, Did you see the breakdown of how much money each person makes per year? No, I did not. Nick Khan is wearing money. And for some weird reason, Stephanie and Triple H don't make that much money. Yeah. Compared to to him, it's well, weird. Well, yeah, anyway, they have, have stock. I think he's so. like the long lost son. <laughs> I got his name, Satnam Singh. Satnam Singh. Yeah, that's that's what it is. So the the great Singh. So the great Singh. Uh, oh, that doesn't work. Doesn't. <laughs> Singh Kali, Kali Singh. Singh Kali, Kali Singh. Singh Kali. Yeah. The, uh, the great no, Singh. But, he is so Tony Khan was like, ah, I dropped the ball, could have been done better. And I also didn't like the he, once the lights went out, it's lights out should be like a major debut, right? Like someone that people are anticipating. So, okay, fine. I gotta be honest, I have absolutely no problem with any of it. I'm okay with going off of the air saying, Who the fuck is that guy? Mm. I don't have to know everybody that comes out and does something. People are like, that was a real weird, bad ending, blah, blah, blah. Okay. To the match that it was, I would have rather the the, the pay-per-view, or the show just went off the air, call it a day. But it didn't, obviously. We went to all this Jay Lethal bullshit, and then Sing Kali pops out. I have absolutely no problem with the Sing Kali debut, to be honest with you. I'm not sure about you. I mean, it, it falls flat, especially when you read that it's trying to help boost the India market. Because the last time we got that, you know what we got? We got Jinder Mahal winning the world championship. And I'm not even talking Another about Another thing that. I absolutely had no problem with. Yeah, I know. I, no, to me, I agree with you. I, I, I don't I don't agree with you. Because I'm a, <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree with uh, Camp Cornette on this one, which is where 
it's one thing like he'll shit on you know like you know the crowd pops and commentary you know freaks out because somebody that was in you know new japan comes out and you know it's all who all the smart marks like to cheer for i don't have a problem with that because we're the fans we're the consumers of the product so yeah when 90 percent of the internet wrestling community is popping over a debut and just because jim Cornette doesn't like it well too fucking bad but this one i mean who really knew who this guy was like it, it, you went through all that and you go off the air and it's like yeah this guy might end up being something big but at the moment it's like who the fuck was that why like yeah. that's that's how we ended yeah i mean you do that at the beginning of the show then you know it just again i have absolutely no i have no issue with how it was done but i also have no issue with people's complaints either to be honest with you i'm kind of um i'm okay with it yeah. um rampage was interesting so it opened up with the uh, I have it written as BCC, and now I can't remember the but the Blackpool Combat Club, ah. which is now a trios. In it, it, it opens against the Gun Club. Okay, fine. And it's funny how the, the Gun Club has been undefeated for several months. I'm dark, dude. Come on, don't give me this shit. I will say I kind of like with the three. I could eventually see and maybe be okay with a trios title. I've never been a fan of trios titles, nah. to be honest with you. Yeah, same here. Um, but if done right, it could be, but I don't know. We'd have to cross that bridge if it happens. Um, Butcher had a squash match, but I got to be honest with you, that's something I miss. I haven't seen a squash match in a minute where yeah. it was like, besides Wardlow, he came out, beat the piss out of someone, and it was to promote his match against Wardlow this coming, or tonight. I like it. That's good. Um, we don't have those enough. They used to, we used to do it a lot. Destination unknown. Ruby, 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 Ruby. So, oh, why that song, the moment I hear it mm. is stuck in my head for the night. I could hear anything else. I could hear Freebird, Stairway to Heaven, classics. Nope. Nothing's going to pop in my, and nothing's going to stay in there. Like Ruby, 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 so, ho. Is this your new single? I, I know, probably. Now? Is this your new yeah, song? <laughs> now I'm sure this is probably like I'm sounding like Taz did when he started doing it. Uh, <laughs> that version I opened with our show that was great. Um, but she defeated some chick. Oh, oh Robin Renegade. Uh, he's like the Renegade. Oh, the Renegade, and they kept saying it, and I was like, oh my god, it's bringing me back to watching the wars. But she wins. But hmm, hmm. all right. Yeah, I marked for a minute. I texted you and I said, now let me ask you, are you watching live? Now, I get it. You've been a busy dude. You've been not been able to watch things live uh, with work. So I said, by any chance, are you live? Now, this thing, Rampage was at 7 o'clock the other night because they are doing the NBA uh, playoffs, which is much of the same as to what's going on with Nitro. Right. Like, don't you watch this pattern? Like, don't you look and go, do we have an entire year? Nothing's going to bother us, right? Like, it's just, anyway. They close with Paige versus Cole. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now what if, because of the time slot and we're heading into something big, what if this actually does end? Because it's a prime time slot. What if they do end with something big, like either a giant swerve or a title change? Neither. It was neither. Um, 
couple of parts in the match that I uh, got to address. First is <clears throat> know where the camera is, Adam Page. He set the he comes in, he set the chair down to look at the crowd. And he looked at the fullest side. Well, my man, guess what? The fullest side is what is the camera facing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to face the hard cam, which is generally the little more emptier side. Because that's where they're, you know, they're holding it off for the, all the right. cameras. Yeah. Which I will say I kind of missed because back in the day when someone would come in, it was a big debut. People were on that side and they rocked the house enough, the cameras actually shook, which oh, is yeah. kind of cool. I've seen that a few times. Um, But... <laughs> Adam Page went the wrong way, and the ref kind of had to turn and tell him something, and they all of a sudden he just switched the chair and <laughs> faced the camera. I go, oh, that was awesome. But this wasn't something I caught right away. But thanks to the fucking internet. And again, something I can't wait to bring to the table later. Um, So, Adam Page, did, did, did you read this, by the way, before I get involved here? It doesn't sound like anything I've heard or read. Oh, jeez. So, at the end of the match, it, by the way, Texas death match. Yeah. It's a, you gotta, it's a last man standing, basically. We've seen plenty of them. It's funny, because I was like, dear shit, if this ends with a man rolling off of something and landing onto his feet. Because it's been <laughs> done way too many times now. Oh, yeah. Which is funny. I feel like the very first one was maybe Champa and Gargano. Right. And then after that, everybody's like, why have we not done that before? Every one of them. Every, from here on out. Shot in the face, just roll off something as long as you <laughs> land on your feet. The finishing move from Adam Page to Adam Cole is, and forgive me, I'm not going to get the, the name of it right, but Page puts his head through Adam Cole's legs and then lifts him up so that basically Adam Cole is facing Adam Page's ass, right? And he's holding him upside down, and then he jumps down on his knees. Uh, kind of like uh, Deadshot. Tombstone in a way. Deadshot is what he calls it, I think. Thank you. Well, before he did this onto a table... He took barbed wire and wrapped it around Adam Cole's head in a circle and then did that to me. Okay. It was to what? To make him bleed? Fine. Cool. Whatever. Hmm. All right. And that's how it ended. I'm like, someone come out. Please just punk's music hit. Just to come out and touch your waist. I'm all right with it. Just give me something right now, man. I'm like, and they're like, we'll see you next week. We're back at Rampage regular time. Fuck you. God damn it. All right. And it wasn't until a couple days later, I'm reading, someone, was it Bob Sapp? Is that his name? Yeah. So, he wrote, oh my God, ha ha ha. Did Adam Page really just wrap barbed wire around Adam Cole's head on Good Friday? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yo, yo, all right, I'm glad this is your reaction. I was going to say because crown it's kind of, of mine, too, because I, first, I didn't catch it. I didn't, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, someone caught it. I didn't. It's the, it's the issue with the internet. But then it sparked up some shit. All of a sudden, Eric Bischoff, uh, Bischoff writes in there, you think this is funny? Or you find something funny about this? And... Road Dog goes, tell me a religion that it's okay to po poke fun at. 
And then all these people are jumping. I'm like, oh, my God. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Right? And then someone goes, may I remind you? Vince McMahon faced God <laughs> in a match. <laughs> Let me try my Joey Styles. He mocked God. He mocked God. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things is when he did his shoot. And he, and he talks about that. He mocks God. He literally put a fucking light in the corner of a of the ring. And it was like, that's God. That's yeah, God right there. And everybody was like, ha, I'm buying the pay-per-view. Yep. And Michael's tagged at that light, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I can't remember. I didn't watch it. I knew better at that point. But my point is, is that you're really getting upset about barbed wire wrapped around the head. Now that you're pointing it out, now that's just fucking funny to me that it happened on Good Friday. I don't even care. That's fucking funny to me. Yes, yeah, I don't care what religion you are, whatever. If you can't find a little bit of the humor that it happened that day... And most likely, I'm going to say probably 100% an accident. It wasn't like they were like, you know what would be great? It's Good Friday. <laughs> Let's see if we can piss off the Christian community as best as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's it's not yeah. what they did. So, it was an accident. So, it's that, that f- much funnier to me. Kind of like this. Great example. I went out to go see my... Uh, my uh, mentor, Dave Eterna. Marty's playing the bass, right? I go out to see him It's like 10, 15 years ago. And this local musician, a guitarist, he played in Rochester a lot, and I can't think of his name right now. And he was pretty known in, in uh, Medina would come out. Guitarist passed away. And everybody was kind of all somber. When I got there, I didn't know about it. And they had a picture of him. They had a candle up. And they're like, this is to our brother, blah, blah, blah. And everybody did a shot. I was even a part of the shot. You know, like, you know, just cheers. And Dave opens up with, I'm still alive and well from, uh, I think it was Edgar Winter. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still alive and well. Every now and then I know it's kind of hard to tell, but I'm still alive and well. And I go, that's just fucking funny to me. Anybody else catch that? Right. <laughs> this is a tribute, the beginning of the night. And he's like, but I'm still alive and well. I'm like, nobody caught that? All right. To me, same kind of thing. Now, this day and age, people are like, that's rude. That's wrong. You can't do that. I'm tweeting this shit. But that's... Uh, yeah. I thought it was funny. I agree. I, I think, think it's hilarious. And uh, anybody else, uh, piss off. Thank you. You know what's not funny? <sighs> Battle of the Belts happened on Saturday night in Sammy Guevara. They're like, well, Cody's no longer in the in the company. We need someone else to be our uh, most reigning or multi-time of holding a championship, which is three times with the TNT title. Who could match that? Ooh, how about Sammy Guevara? Let's have, let's have Sammy do it. You know what's funny is that every time the title got put on Cody more and more, we booed more and more. Every time the title has been put on Sammy, we boo more and more. I kind of find that a little bit funny. First time he won it was what? Against Rusev. We thought it was awesome. In, oh, yeah, in I saw it live. Yeah, I was pissed. Right? <laughs> Second one was, you know, and it just got worse and worse. Here's the thing. He won with a low blow. Mm-hmm. He beat Scorpio Sky with a low blow, getting major heat on the crowd. So I'm assuming him and Ty Conti are going to be just a heel couple, which, let me say this. Tony said, after the whole issue with, all right, you know what? And I'm listening to the crowd on this whole uh, Singh Kali thing. Fine, you're right. I, I I messed up on that. Now we know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I'm, he goes, the fans are right. I thought that was great to hear. 
So it's probably like, yo, we really, really don't like Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. He's like, gotcha. Don't worry. I'll put that under control. Hang on. It'll just be a hit to the dick. We'll be fine. We'll move it on. It happened to Shinsuke Nakamura with AJ Styles. No problem. Every time a low blow happens, people will understand. Yeah, it happened. All three matches that they had, it happened. So horrible. Mm. One was like a no DQ match, and they were like, nope, still, that's okay. We're going to DQ him. It's kind of like the hell in a cell. (laughs) Uh, Never mind, I don't want to go there. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that one. Now, let's just quickly talk about what you can expect tonight, this week. So on Rampage, Dustin Rose threw down the challenge. He said, I don't know how much time I got left, but there's a match here that has bucket list in a dream match written all over it. And the dude's promo got me fired up. I'm not going to lie. It got me interested to it. He challenges CM Punk for tonight on Dynamite. I'm betting that's going to open the night. It makes Punk sense. It's been kind of a curtain jerker the last couple of weeks, but also keeps pointing to his waist, so I think that's kind of purposeful. And I'm betting after this match right here, got to be announced that he is going to be now that this whole Adam Cole thing is put behind us he'll probably be number one contender maybe we'll find out because we have to talk about one extra piece of tonight's news but um, we do have two Owen Hart foundation tournament matches I was like what's a Ohoft I forgot how I wrote it in there <laughs> the Ohoft tournament but we got Kyle O'Reilly taking on Jungle Boy, and then we got Britt Baker taking on some chick. So Britt Baker will win that one. Um, O'Reilly and Jungle Boy, I'd like to see O'Reilly go on, especially since Samoa Joe is the uh, first guy that's already in there. And I sent you a great meme, and I know that you're not into the show Friends, but you've probably heard and or seen the thing where Phoebe and Joey, Phoebe's trying to teach him French. She's like, Jahu? Yeah. He goes, Jahu. La pelle, la pelle. And I'll say it together. Blah, 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 ooh. And he can't do it. Well, they dubbed over her doing it with Jim Ross. Jungle, jungle. Boy, boy. Jungle boy. Jungle boy Jack Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I do like it. He should just say it every time if he's not already doing it on purpose. He's the only one that calls him Jack Perry. 100% and I love it It's and you go he he, he should keep doing it on, on purpose and I said I go I don't think it's on purpose yeah well <laughs> it's accidentally on purpose the Alzheimer's like yeah, <laughs> I right. got it we'll call him everything I'm just waiting for him to call him his dad's name um, but we do have a coffin match first one was I think it was Ethan Page and Darby and that's the one where Paige was inside of it and he still did the coffin drop on top of the closed wooden coffin well now he's doing it against Andrade uh, El Idolo remember I stopped calling him the air name once I, I saw did. him do yeah, some really I cool shit live yeah, very good. Hook is making his dynamite debut against Tony Nese send Hook send Hook and our weekly Tony Khan announcement <laughs> yeah. you know, we have weekly <laughs> Cornette references I feel like we got weekly Tony Khan Adderall announcements. And <laughs> it's been rumored. Have you heard the rumor? Uh, there's lots of rumors. What is the rumor this time? The biggest rumor I have heard Hulk Hogan is a super show. Did you say Hulk Hogan? <laughs> Dear God. It's going to be Zeus. <laughs> and Dookie. Um, 
The rumor is a super show in June. Okay. With New Japan. Oh. And that's been the biggest rumor I've heard, and Okada has gone on record saying he would love to face Punk and Dan- uh, Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my mind immediately just goes, let's do a triple threat. It's just one of the greatest things I've ever seen of <laughs> yeah, all time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Brian Danielson, it works. We could also do two shows back-to-back, like a Saturday and a Sunday, kind of like how Wrestle Kingdom and New Japan used to do that with Ring of Honor all the time. You had War of the Worlds. You had, uh, what was the other one? It was War of the Worlds and the other one, oh, shit, I can't remember the other name of it. Um, But it's where New Japan and Ring of Honor came together. One night it would be Tanahashi and Okada versus the Briscoes, but the next night it would be... Uh, Tanahashi versus Roderick Strong. You know what I mean? So it's everybody was pulling double duty in different ways. You could totally do that with a two-night banger. Could happen. I don't know. That's kind of the biggest news I've heard. Um, knowing Tony, it's probably like, guys, I bought Impact. <laughs> I don't know. What do you got? <laughs> I don't know. Were we at bring it to the table already or... <laughs> No, is, why is that what it's supposed to be? No, I was asking what your personal uh, thought is on what it might be. I don't know. That that certainly could be it. They've kind of been teasing it for a while. Uh, I feel like New Japan's been working a lot with Impact, so I mean, I don't think they're you know limited to just one partnership. Uh, but not now with AEW owning Ring of Ring of Honor, you could almost do it under the Ring of Honor umbrella. Um, so we'll see. I don't I don't know what else it could be. I mean. There's been a lot of signings. I don't know who else it could be or what else it would be. Um, I don't know. I, I I tend not to. It's past the point of getting excited about it. I kind of just wait for it to happen and then say, oh yeah, okay. It's, you can't even you can't even guess it anymore because everybody's already done on the internet. But like put every scenario out there, so it's not even surprising. Yeah. Do you have any idea how many? You know what? I'm glad you were like I marked. I marked pretty good when Cody came out. I popped or whatever. Oh yeah. I didn't. I was like, eh, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Because I was waiting to hear wrestling has. I was waiting for it the whole time. Right. And I have go on YouTube, man. I'm not the only person. There's several people that are like, mm, shit. Yeah, yeah, we thought it was him. Because you know why? Internet killed it for us. Had we not known his contract expired, had we not known that all this shit that he could have possibly jumped to WWE... Could you imagine at WrestleMania all of a sudden Cody does it? You're like, what the fuck? Greatest thing of all time, right? Right. It's not the world we live in. Um, I do want to say that we do have uh, also on Rampage on Friday title match. Cut the shit, Tony. Jade Cargill <laughs> is going to most likely get win number 30 against Marina Shafir. But I do got to say one thing. The Ohoff tournament, um, it's supposed to be quote unquote kicking off on May 11th. <clears throat> There's like six women that have qualified and only one man, two tonight. You know, one, the second one tonight. And then May 11th, it kicks off and it culminates at May 29th, double or nothing. I feel like guys aren't going to be, they're just going to be like, well, um, at the end, uh, well, this guy gets in because he, he, uh, his record and, um, and you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like they kind of shot themselves in the foot with these qualifying matches because, May 11th is just a couple weeks away, and we are really... It, it's supposed to be 16-person tournaments. Yeah. It'll probably be something like King of the Ring, where they just do a lot of the shit on dark matches and shit like that. 
hey, at least it'll pump up your YouTube views, I guess. That's kind of worth it. Yeah, something. You know what, man? Earlier in the day, I was like, I don't think I have anything I'm really going to be bringing to the table. Oh, but I got something I'm bringing to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh, my gosh! First and foremost, I'm going to let you go first because you have probably been waiting to do this since... Let's see. Wednesday. Wednesday. Because, of course, our show comes out on Wednesday. And, man, if we could only just record live on Wednesdays. I know, out, right? Um, You go, I have a prediction. I may have to record it in advance. Let's just hope it doesn't turn that way tonight so I can put the prediction in there. Because, look, if we like that we were calling things, and it was fun that we're doing it as a team, but it kind of also became a little bit of a competition. So now we're trying to really be like, well, this is what's going to happen. No, I'm actually curious. What is your prediction, your theory? Yeah, so... Oh, I'm sorry. Of... No, that's Austin. I'm sorry. What is your... <laughs> what is your Austin? Um, so, so, it, it, it's, it's, so it's it's pretty much fantasy booking uh, with, with, I'll say, the, uh, the kickoff to it, the catalyst being my kind of prediction because it's a small thing that I could see happening. Uh, we were texting. We typically text uh, when an episode drops just because we get to listen freshly and you know discuss what we liked, what we didn't like, what we thought was funny, unexpected, all that shit. And I said to you... Because I also throw in your... Uh, I throw in a lot of sound shit that maybe you weren't going to expect. Yes. Like the one day I threw in uh, Peter Griffin's laugh. <laughs> yeah. um, so I said to you, I said, hey, when do Punk and Joe cross paths? And you said exactly what I was thinking. You said even uh, crossing on the ramp would be fine. And that's exactly what my mind had went to. So that was kind of my prediction. The Moxley-Danielson yes. thing where way in, way out kind of thing. <clears throat> Just a, oh, hey, I know you. Austin and Pillman. And that's all the crowd needs. Yep, Austin and Pillman, same thing. So I started thinking about this, and this is where my mind went. So... Uh, for the purpose of fantasy booking, I'm going to use the uh, Owen Hart Foundation tournament as part of it. The same booking applies if the tournament's not there. <clears throat> so Joe has a match for the tournament, wins. Uh, as he's rolling out of the ring and about to head up the ramp, Cult of Personality hits. And Joe kind of throws his hands up like, what the fuck, I'm not even halfway up the ramp and already his music's playing? So he just puts the towel around his neck, looks down, doesn't even look at Punk. Punk comes out, walks by him, gives him like a little tap on the shoulder, like a little, hey, Joe, good to see you, something like that. As soon as he taps Joe on the shoulder, Joe stops dead in his tracks, looks over his shoulder and says, fuck that, throws down the towel, goes back, rear naked chokehold on CM Punk. Chokes I was him. just going to say, tell me what, chokes him out? That was sexy. Choke. As soon as you said that and you said he comes to a stop, I go, choke him out? Yeah. <laughs> choke him out, dead on the ramp. Now that I can see happening, so that will be my prediction. But the rest moving forward is just fantasy booking. So, you know, they, they, they start throwing shots. You know, Punk's keeping an eye on him, whatever. And uh, Joe gets to the finals of the tournament. And whoever he's facing, he gets in a chokehold. They get to the ropes. He doesn't break it. He gets disqualified. Uh, maybe Punk runs in, tries to go after him. He takes him out. So now Joe's pretty much gone heel. Gets on the mic and says, you know what? Fuck the tournament. Fuck the cup. Fuck you, CM Punk. I want Hangman. And Joe just says, fuck you guys. I want Hangman. 
Now, obviously, he has. He's a face right now. He has the Ring of Honor title, uh, TV title. I'm fantasy booking, right? So we can get there some way or another. But him choking out Punk on the ramp turns him heel immediately. And he just ramps it up from there. We know what a great heel he is. We know he can say anything that needs to be said to get the crowd against him. So we know we've got that. So eventually, Joe does get a title shot against Paige and squashes him. Squashes him. He's not on his level. He's not. So he just murders him. From there, now you have a way to get the title on Punk. Now we get Joe and Punk again. And this time, Punk will finally win. From there, you set up MJF Punk. Hmm. Okay. So, basically, to to get the title off Paige, you're going to have Joe dethrone him. Man, but the winning the TV title thing just threw a, a, t- I know. a, a tiny, tiny little wrench into this because I'm like, uh, like, yeah, is no. that their way of saying he's here? We're gonna have some good matches. We just don't know what the fuck we're gonna do with them. Yeah, so you could do the lazy booking little... thing. You could do the lazy booking thing. You can have you know somebody say, oh, you know, well, if you're gonna challenge for the title, or he wins the title while he has the TV title and he just gets rid of it, or you know, th- there's ways to do it. But yes, when I initially thought of this, it's before Joe won the title. So it was it was that day. Fair enough. You know? So, um, you know, I there's one person I want to throw out there into your mix that still could possibly pop up for the Owen Hart tournament because it's supposed to be everybody from around the world. They keep saying it, right? Um, Claudio, yeah. I still think that he has a chance, and he recently secured a name change on on Twitter or something, and it's Claudio. And it's and I I may get the letters in a different order, but I think it's C R S O or something like real. It's C-S-R-O. not Cesaro, but C S R O. Yeah, I think I think okay. C S R O. What I am thinking is, <clears throat> it's that's going to mean something. Like an acronym Audio, or an initialism. Kind of like FTR, Forever the Revival. It was fuck the revival, but also it's really forever the revival, right? And I'm thinking same kind of thing is this is going to stand for something. Right. Um, I'm just saying it, but I, and I'm like, I think you and I in our downtime should keep thinking about it and maybe weekly until he shows up, maybe bring in some ideas, what you think that uh, <laughs> acronym is going to be, because okay. I really think it's going to be something we're making acronyms, bow body. Here we go. Um, my bring it to the table this week, by the way, I like your theory. Um, the coolest thing would be that choke out. God damn! Exactly. I, would, you, I would probably knock <laughs> That's over. That's my prediction. In, in I my hope it happens. Watching it. I hope it happens. But that Joe, it turns Joe heel, and he's too hot right now to do that right away. Yeah. Man, it is a blessing and a curse to watch Raw Nitro of '97, and then also watch things of today. Because things of back then I liked and hated, things I today I like and hate. So, you know, it's kind of like if I owned a company, if I had a perfect world of what I would create when it comes to a thing. So I'm going to take the next two hours in fantasy book. No, um, no, I, I have to say this. There are some things that when I say it's a blessing and a curse, there's a lot of curses when it comes to wrestling. Now, I don't mean a curse as in like, like a hex on someone. I'm talking about as in like just shitty crap. 
Like, just things that I do not like. Yeah, shitty crap, I know who. Ooh, wordsmith today. No one ever said that I was that kind of professor. Yeah, that's fine. Um, this is going to be an on-the-fly top 10, but worse 10. Things that I've realized after going through all this stuff that have, have really I've grown to hate. There's no particular order. Look, it's on a sheet of paper. I promise you it's going to be quick ODM, but I wanted to bring these to your attention because I'm becoming a bitter old fuck is what I'm looking at. But how I'm really thinking of this is I understand that I could be bitter and I have to change with the times. You have to adapt or die, right? And I'm fine with that. I've adapted to Tope Suicidas. Not even on this fucking thing. <laughs> Should be. But I didn't get to make a top 50 list. It's top 10. But let me ask you. What do you think there's going to be before a top 10? Honorable mention. You're goddamn right. My honorable mention is Peacock or Network or YouTube past chair shots. You don't need to freeze them. They happened. We saw them. It was there. Watch any chair shot that happens to the head that freezes every time. Every goddamn time. I thank my lucky stars that I have original stuff. Because it came to actually seeing this on something on both Nitro and Raw recently. So I was like, well, let me glance at the uh, the, the old peacocker and see what we got going on here. Frozen. They freeze the, ch the chair shots. Hear everything. You hear the shot. Just don't see it. It's annoying. All right. Like I said, it was going to be quick. <laughs> First one, social media. It's killed it. It's legit. Killed it, killed it, killed it. Road Dog. I just re recently said he goes. You know the best thing about. Uh, no, maybe it wasn't Road Dog. Someone else that said the best thing about the internet is it gives people a voice. The worst thing about the internet is it gives people a voice. <laughs> Problem is yeah. people complain and bitch way too much. And look at like, I didn't notice or care about the Adam Page barbed wire on the head thing. Right. So my my point. I mean, I, I saw it, but I didn't notice the. Cross into it, and if I did, I'd be like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, that's it." I wouldn't care. Internet's killed it, killed it. But a tag five count, it's gone. Doesn't even matter anymore. Everything is lucha libre rules when it comes to pretty much every tag division everywhere. It just—I don't get it. I don't even know why you even bother holding the white rope. Doesn't matter. Um, the slowest ten counts in the world. Don't understand them. You know, like when someone's on the outside. Mm -hmm. What I like about New Japan, they give you your time, you fight a little bit, but when they begin the count, it's one, two, three, four, and it's up to your ass to get to there. But the biggest thing I hate about that is everybody jumping in at nine, mm -hmm. nearly ten. Yeah. Every goddamn match. Yep. This is awesome. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not fucking awesome. That chant, it's not awesome. <clears throat> It's the stupidest fucking thing. I remember one of the first times I even used it, and it was worthy, and it was WrestleMania 25, Taker Michaels. I don't just use... I didn't even... Every time it was used at Revolution, I promise you, I didn't say it. <laughs> right. Hillary asked me. She goes, why aren't you saying it? I go, it's not. <laughs> they did it during Danielson and Moxley. Says enough. Okay. I'm like, no, it wasn't. 
They did it during Baker and Rosa. I'm like, no one's moving. What are you talking about? Um, showing fans in a match. Oh, what the fuck? God. One, two. Oh my god, let's show a fan reaction instead of the, the possible three count. I don't get it. I could tell you more examples. You already know what I'm saying. Uh, speaking of that camera work, 75 camera cuts within about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. WWE was very, very, very guilty of this. And now I've noticed AEW has jumped on the bandwagon. I noticed it even more lately. And I was like, too many switches, man. And I don't think you understand. I'm not saying like I'm epileptic, but I'm saying I'm getting a goddamn headache watching. Because I'm like, oh, he's kicking that. Oh, my God. Wait, you switched the air side. I got to watch it away from there. I mean, like. <laughs> Can't you just have one? They The other night during Dynamite, I think it was, or, yeah, it was Dynamite. They had one camera that looked like it was floor level, and it raised up enough where it was just dead on to the ring. And I go, they don't use this enough. It's very seldomly used. I'm like, I'd rather just see a far back. like, And I'm not talking the normal up higher one. It was a lower level version of your hard cam. Mm. Just saying, that, just stick on one cam. I'm okay with it. I don't need 75 in a minute. Um... Fight forever. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not every match is a fight forever. Yeah. Um, fight forever to me is when something is so unbelievable and random, but guess what? Nothing is unbelievable and random anymore. No. I don't need anything to fight forever. I have time. It's funny with the fight forever, but then they'll die. Um, interrupted interviews. I, I don't think one interview really goes to fruition my biggest suggestion would be go back to the old days of while the guy's on the way to the ring picture and picture in the upper left hand corner is the guy cutting the promo and saying oh I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna kick your ass blah, 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 blah. you got fucking 20 seconds say it while the guy's walking to the ring whether it's Darby's on the way to the ring and Andrade does it in the upper left hand corner talking to shit you don't need to have someone interrupt every goddamn interview that's getting not even getting it is old oh yeah um, this one's for you. One, two, oh, oh, oh my, what? I, 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 I didn't get a three on a clothesline. What? What? But I, I, I actually, I, I, I went harder. What? Oh my God. Hang on. Let me see a replay. What? All right. Hang on. Let me ask the ref. It has what? To you only be, get the two? It has to mean something. Again, Michael's taker. The look on taker's face. That meant something. Not. It was more exhaustion. Yeah. He just looked exhausted and, and, as opposed to shocked. He was like, I don't know what the fuck else I'm going to do. Right. The last one, man. Super kicks. Yep. I'm over, beyond over super kicks, because it was a great time when you saw it and it came out of nowhere, like a Michaels one. Um, Ziggler started to pick him up, and then obviously the Bucks do... A billion, but the amount I saw in the Adam Page Adam Cole match, I was like, "They're meaningless." At some point, you're dead. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Why don't you do fifty choke slams to someone? You know what I mean? But you could do fifty fucking super kicks. Now look at I do got to throw one thing. I don't know if Adam Page really got bust open or if it was a really really good cut job, but he had a. I'm not sure if he chewed on a capsule and it looked like he was just over bleeding, or if he actually cut his chin or something, but. He did a moonsault off the top rope to the outside and had him call right in the mouth. How he always catches you on your moonsault and 
Uh, he was busted open after that. I'm not sure if it was real or if that was uh, look at me kayfaving. I'm a mark. You're a mark. <laughs> we're a mark because we're all marks. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's go to Money Network. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we're not going to do good shit? Good shit. <laughs> oh, good call. Well, you know what? It's funny that you say that. Well, why am I not prepared for that, right? Because Nightwing's not prepared yet. Now, okay, fair pal. We, all right, we, we, we decided to jump the gun a bit earlier than we normally do for recording just due to time constraints and schedules, you know. Mm-hmm. You got things to see, people to do. And we are going to go blindly at what his uh, topic is. So your choice. Do we just take some guesses as what it's going to be? Or do we let him do it and then afterwards we just give our take on what we think it was? <laughs> oh, I say we guess. I mean, let's make a game out of it. We've already kayfabed it, so you might as well just... Uh, All right, let's make a there. good game out of this. Uh, so, hey, guys. This is Nightwing. No, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but yeah, I'm going with... <laughs> Got a good shit for you. <laughs> Even as a 3-2-1, good for him. No, um... I don't want to... Oh, oh, got it. Got it. Ready? Here it is. As I've been saying for the last couple of seasons, that's right, Nightwing is going to tell you once again that the bloodline is going to (laughs) keep things going because, as you know, at the upcoming backlash of WrestleMania backlashing, it's going to be the unification of the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. And I got to say, the Usos, you know, bloodline, my topic, Usos will win. How'd I do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you had a little bit of the cadence, I guess. Not okay, all right, let me try again. Hang on. Ready? No, you don't need hey to. Hey, guys, it's Nightwing. As you guys know, <laughs> on the show, I'm black. <laughs> Just on the show, though. No, all right. I, what is your uh, what what is your prediction of what this man is going to talk about today? Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. I was gonna Come on! Kind of con- you said we're going to make a know. game out of this, and you end up saying I don't well, know. Well, a game. I mean, I don't know if it's actually going to be a game. I don't know. He's probably going to talk about uh, drum lines. Oh wait, he already did that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Ooh, I know. Maybe he's going to talk about Lauren Phillips. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Yo, this is Nightwing. I got something really quick for you today. So tell me, what is really in a name? Now, I'm saying that just because we know there's been a lot of name changes in WWE recently. Some have been kind of ridiculous and some have been just kind of unexplained. Well, reading on the news that basically Vince wants name control, which we've known that for a long time. He just doesn't want anybody to use any kind of variation of anything that they used on the independents. And they don't want real names. Now, some of our legacy guys like John Cena and Randy Orton, whatever, they They've been using those names for a long time, but this is all those new guys. So, with that being said, some of these name changes are just downright ridiculous. But, 
hey, it is what it is. I mean, I I still can't call Pete Dunn Butch. I don't know why that one was changed. But the more confusing thing is that they're acknowledging that NXT is a show. So why are you having these guys work under a name in NXT and then change them when they come up the main roster? Like, nobody's seen who they were or knew who they were. Because, I mean, hell, they've been appearing on big shows like Royal Rumble and sometimes WrestleMania and all that kind of stuff for, for a while. And then you bring them up and you change their name. So I don't understand that but who knows god knows but with that being said what are they actually acknowledging nxt for now well i mean the ratings have been kind of comparable with raw lately so i don't understand why they're doing all the name changes there but speaking of raw just to mention seth rollins in that interview where he said three hour raw is just too long Good Lord, the fans, we all agree with you. We've been saying that for years, even on the old radio show that will not be mentioned. But anyway, guys, have a great week. Might be his best uh, good shit ever. It was, and I got to say, <laughs> and I repeat, I did not know who that lady was. Uh-huh. I only read the articles. I bet you know now. <laughs> Think she could lift me up like that? Didn't you say you were home by yourself? <laughs> Why do you think that towel's standing up on its own like a teepee? Ew. <laughs> All right, that went too far. Um, I'd say let's edit it out, but it'll just end up making it into the hidden track, so fuck it. Might oh, as well whatever, just keep it yeah. here. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite times ever was going to a pay-per-view. My first ever pay-per-view. And today, we get to talk about it. I never actually have talked about it that much. But let me tell you something, ODM. I was there. God, that was a horrible Ventura impression. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Or we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! Stone Cold Steve Austin, I accept. You know, you know what really gets me is how the American fans can justify the ilk like you and people like Shawn Michaels just tells you right there that the World Wrestling Federation and the American wrestling fans are going straight down the toilet. How is it? that you somehow get a World Wrestling Federation Championship title match with The Undertaker is beyond my scope. But you know what? I don't care if you got a title shot with The Undertaker. After I'm through with you tonight, you'll be going straight to hell. Oh! So, if I'm going straight to hell, you're damn sure coming with me. When I came into this business seven years ago, I looked down the road that you guys paid for us. I saw nothing but potholes. You guys came into the business, you strip-minded, you took what you could get out of it, and you left the young guys behind you nothing. WCW was nothing but a bunch of guys pushing their sons. If you didn't have a dad in the business, you couldn't even get an opportunity. Scott Hall was here, I was here, Scott Hall was ready to become a superstar. Hey, I was a little green, but Scott Hall was ready to become a superstar, and you know what you did? He worked here a year, he proved himself, you cut his salary, so he went elsewhere. 
We went to New York. That's right. We went to New York, and what did we find when we got there? That's right. Stayed all night, danced a little longer. Party time. When we got there, there wasn't no party, just punishment for the guys trying to dig the business out of the funk you guys left it in. Bite me. Baby, it's true, Joe has a one-track mind. No, it's hard to concentrate with a brain that's like mine. Look, had to get that out of the way now because I'm going to be honest with you. End of this Monday Night Wars, be the last time I think I ever sing this fucking song. Road Dog <laughs> ruined it for me. But as you heard, we are here. It's Revenge of the Taker. You even got a little bit of music playing in the background. It's the Revenge of the Taker theme. And we had, uh, you know... Austin re-challenging Brett on Raw the night after Revenge of the Taker, but you also have, God, what a hell of a promo from Nash. It, that's what I've been missing. I'm like, you know, I feel like NWO hasn't been the NWO of old, you know what I mean? Coming in and breaking down that fourth wall. Oh, they did. They did this week, finally. Thank you. It's a hell of a Monday, great Sunday. Um, so we're going to dive into things. Now, ODM. I was there. Damn, this fucking chicken nuggets killed my voice. I was, I had the Jesse Ventura pro, uh, impersonation, impersonation. I had it down. I was there. God damn it, I give up. But I was there in Rochester, New York. Let me ask you. You have been many, many times to the Blue Cross Arena. But how weird was it to see the old school Rochester War Memorial? Yeah. Like the br- brown bricks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I... Plenty of Amherst games uh, I attended there. Yeah. Uh, even some concerts. Uh, yeah, April 20th, 1997. I think I was in Pittsburgh at, at college, getting ready to come home for the summer. Uh, for those of you who don't know, April 20th is National Chicken Nugget Day. Uh, so. Oh, it sure is. Um, wow, way to just break that kayfabe completely <laughs> open. Hopefully people listen I to think the show we've, I think we've done that already. Yeah, but... Um, Look, I have a couple of pre-show things because I remembered a lot of it, actually. And But I did go to uh, cagematch.com where they have every result to everything. And I wanted to confirm the dark matches. And my memory really did serve me pretty well. I was like, Except I forgot one match that did happen prior to it. Uh, or pro- prior to looking at it. Um, quick story about this. I didn't find out I was going to this pay-per-view until the day before. No, I was shit. surprised by my dad. Um, and it just through multiple people, it happened to be that this guy that we know sold the tickets to my dad and he sold another set to this lady and her son. And she happened to work at the corner state, uh, corner gas station down the road from us. And she was there with her son who was like maybe five years younger than me. I'm about, or I'm not even about, I am 13 at this time. I am sitting on the floor. In the back row, as far goddamn right as you can get, back row, um, or and uh, to the right, I'm like, we are the last four seats right there. You know where that lady comes out and touches Brett? We'll talk about that. Mm. Two rows back, I'm there. You would have saw me right there, but you, I'm sure you maybe saw me at some point. But um, that's roughly where I'm at, and it was cool because my dad and this lady knew each other. You know what I found out about years later? My dad 
major, major happy fan of the international holiday as it was. And I was like, huh, you spent that with me. And I, and <laughs> you know, as things added up in life, I started to realize when he, I'm like, oh, he was that. Oh, that's why he was going to bed early. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> oh shit. That's, oh, okay. That's why he ate like a motherfucker. Okay. But that night I do remember the quick stop off for a cigarette break. I do. <laughs> Prior to walking in, because once you're in, you're in yep. at the old Rochester War Memorial. How great was it to hear Rochester War Memorial, Strong Memorial Hospital, not a facility, not a you know a, a medical place. I mean, they were just naming places in the area, and it was awesome. Um, but so we're set. We're there. The pre-show has. Sultan, as you like to call him, defeating. Oh, Flash Funk, you are so funky. Too cold, Scorpio. Um, one thing that my version, you know, as we do these watch-alongs, I like having, you know, as I already mentioned earlier about the frozen chair shots, I'm a fan of live versions. I try to get my hands on live versions. Good example. I think I've used this before. If I haven't, it's my go-to. WrestleMania 20, Ultimo Dragon. Yeah, they, it's funny how Nitro, they call him Ultimate. Down the road, it's Ultimo. Yeah, but he comes out way too much momentum and slips on his own cape during the cruiserweight gauntlet-type match that was going on or Invitational. You watch any version, you'll never, ever see that now. But YouTube it, you'll see the live version. That's what happened. Kind of like I have the live version of Mickey James giving the old oh, yeah. uh, shockers for Trekkie lick. <laughs> um. So anyway, my version that I have is the live pre-show version. But the version I also have, because I did a little extra work back in the day. I've had this one for a while. It's the Superstars that was on the morning of. So I also have that, the free-for-all, and the live show. Goddamn, my eyes have adjusted way too much to liking HD. This one had that old VHS flicker in, in some spots, and I was like, oh, oh my god. The difference of me 25 years ago to now. Back then, I'm like, I'm just happy to watch it. You know, now I'm like, ugh, can we just fucking clean this up a bit? Right, remaster this shit. Yeah, it's like watching the squiggle vision of uh, the porn sites. Or the, not porn sites, porn channels back yeah. in the day. And Frozen, there's the titty. <laughs> um, but that day on Superstars, Owen, Brett, and Bulldog jump Austin. And they interview them later, and Brett has the best line that I loved. And he goes, hey, Austin, who's crying now? And does a little shrug and walks off. And dude, for how many times, you've done nothing but cry and all that shit. And how many times he said it? And he goes, let me ask you, who's crying now? Oh, my God. I was like, when I saw that, I go, I don't remember that at all. When I got to watch it on this version, it was awesome. So it's funny because he does do that line later right before, right before their match. And he says... He when says, the interview's happening and you hear Paul Bear screaming? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. okay. So, um, 
yeah, he does that twice, but he, but he used it earlier where he's just in, funny enough, the same blue T-shirt that he wrestles in on Monday. Mm. Anyway, uh, and the free-for-all has that match. Whole lot of Doc Hendricks. That's fun. I'm in the pre-show quite a bit because he's standing right there in the aisle way, hawking shit out, you know. And if you go to the Merch Sands right now, you folks at home can't do that. But we can't hear. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, go ahead. Tell me what happened on the pay-per-view. I'll just <laughs> okay. I'll give you my notes as I go along. Jesus. All right, we open up with Legion of Doom versus Owen and Bulldog for the tag titles. Uh, they say they show they show Austin arriving late to the arena. Uh, he says something about having to change a tire. Uh, uh, so Legion of Doom wins the titles. Not really though. It's a, it's a dusty finish. Basically, what happened was they pinned the illegal man. Um. And as Owen and Bulldog were heading to the back, they st- <laughs> Well, before that happens, hang on. I, I, you you got to also back up. and it, Writing was on the wall when it wasn't a doomsday finisher. They, it was a power slam off the top rope. And I'm like, like, even the crowd, all of us were like, what? Okay, all right. And it was like, it just seemed odd and out of nowhere. And I'm like, even re-watching it, and I go, shit, I don't remember the dusty finish. Yeah. I didn't remember it re-watching it, and I go, ah, illegal man. God, I miss that. That's a good one. It's, I forgot that I had a dusty finish that night in front of me, and I was excited as shit to see LOD win the tag team championships. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, they did it. It, it. To me, it was a good way to do it. It was, they were just so hyped that, you know, the ref wasn't paying attention. They screwed up, and uh, they had to reverse it, so. Because they really did use the five count rule back then. Yeah, imagine that. Right. So my point is that when the teams did finally get in the ring and he couldn't keep control, it was hard to remember. That was good. Now, 14 seconds into a match, I'm I'm surprised a ref could ever keep track of who's supposed to be in the ring. Uh, they don't. It seems like the wrestlers can't even figure it out sometimes. Touche. So, yeah, Dusty finish. You got Owen and uh, Bulldogs are on the ramp, and uh, they're taking this announcement as, oh, well, then give us our belts back and we'll be on our way. And it's at this time you see a cute little prepubescent Mark Fantasia. <laughs> pubescent? <laughs> prepubescent. Yeah, that's what I meant. But <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell. Sound of the voice. Because I am yelling at Owen. What did you think I yelled at him? What did you text me and it's say? It's not that what I thought you yelled at him. It was what the name of the episode should be. It was... Can you introduce me to Brett? Or can you do introduce me to your brother? That would have been sick. Oh, I should. Fucking wasted opportunity. Yeah, oh, my I'm God. Sure, I'm sure nope. he would have said, yeah, little man, let's go. <laughs> he just would have yeah. picked you up over the barricade. and Gorilla, hang on. Back. We're going to have to take care of this guy. Um, <laughs> nope. You know what's funny is I had to watch this part a couple times. I clicked backwards a couple of times just to make sure, cranked it up. You hear me say, very prebubescent voice. Get your butt back in the ring. <laughs> because now the gorilla and uh, gorilla monsoon and the referee are administer a ten count. If you don't go back in the ring, you're forfeiting your titles. Yep. Get your butt back in the ring, and I go, "What the fuck?" At thirteen, you didn't have a set of nuts. I mean, Austin saying ass. What the fuck? And I go, ah. I think my dad must be nearby. 
could have something to do with it. Because I'm looking around, and it's funny because rewatching this, I took a screenshot and I sent it to my little sister, and she goes, Oh my God, it's little Marky. And, and she goes, Is that dad next to you? And I go, the guy with the uh, really sick porn stash? No, that's not my dad. Thank you. And that's not your dad. And why the fuck would you? <laughs> Never mind. We'll move on. That's weird that you even thought that was dad. Dad was back at the seat. He was too stoned to move. He was like, I got nachos, hot dog, and burger. We're good. Hell yeah. Eat good there. Eat good there for sure. <laughs> Actually, I- I'm going to jump in at certain points when he had certain things to say. Just so you know. Okay. Because I, as I was remembering this, and I go, oh, my God, I remember this. So this, this is going to get good, especially in the next match. Uh, yeah, so they hit a doomsday device, uh, but just as we're about to make the pin, Brett interferes, we get a DQ. Uh, Doc Hendricks is backstage with Owen and Bulldog, and he mentions that Owen has shown up, or Owen, Austin has showed up, and they seem very surprised by that. They're like, "There, no, there's no way he's here. He's not here. <laughs> Basically alluding to the whole they gave Austin a flat tire thing. Uh, which is weird because they never really go back to that. You're just allowed to infer it and leave it at that. Sometimes subtle is wrong with inferring sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that and then they show Sonny and Brian Pillman in the superstar line room. And Pillman is getting very handsy uh, to the point where when they're done with their little promo, JR goes, anyone got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, speaking of, did you see during Dynamite the guy that had a hat on was basically dressed like JR? And he goes, hey, wait a minute. It was a younger guy. It looked like him, and it was fucking awesome. Anyway, go ahead. All right, next we get Savio Vega versus Rocky Maivia. Farouk joins commentary on this one. Uh, JR has to give up his headset because the one Farouk has doesn't work. Uh, They kind of they clarify Farouk's uh, challenge to Ahmed the other day. Basically, it's a gauntlet match. Ahmed's going to have to face... Savio Vega, and then Crush, and then Farouk. And if he wins, beats all three, uh, Farouk will disband the Nation of Domination. Uh, Ends with Rocky getting thrown out of the ring, landing into Crush. Uh, Crush hits the heart punch while the ref is distracted, and Rocky never beats the 10 count, so Crush basically costs Vega the title. They kind of bicker back and forth. Farouk intervenes. Uh, they bring Rocky back into the ring, beat his ass down, and naturally Ahmed shows up in his finest velour tracksuit uh, with a two-by-four and accepts the challenge. The tracksuits and the jackets are just goddamn ridiculous for the next couple of weeks on Raw. <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, one of my favorite parts about this is my dad going home and repeating a line from Farouk and in the same voice. You know, man, wrestling's changed. I remember him telling my, my dickhead brother. Um, I remember him saying, yeah, as one guy comes out and goes, and I'm gonna beat your black ass. Because that's what he said. And I didn't, yeah. it's fucking hysterical. He goes, boy, wrestling has changed. <laughs> but then he explains more in the night too. So believe me, my dad had a lot of view on this show. He hadn't been to one in a couple of minutes. I think the last one was like 89. Oh, and wow. it was like Hogan and Savage. You know what I mean? So right. it had been a minute. Uh, next, we get a quick shot of Ken Shamrock on AOL backstage. Uh, this is funny because of all the times we've seen wrestlers at laptops. Shamrock seemed like the most natural. 
he, he's like, yeah, I've been at a laptop before. I know how to use this fucking thing, as opposed to Shawn Michaels, who's like got two fingers with his tongue sticking out the side of his mouth trying to type. Or the Steiner brothers. That one was fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Uh, next, we get an interview. <laughs> this is just one of those bad shit crazy things. You get uh, Doc Hendricks backstage with Sable and Marrow. It starts with uh, congratulating Sable on her Slammy Award and being the most downloaded uh, celebrity or something to that ilk. Uh, then we finally get to Marrow's knee. Uh, he says it's doing good. He'll be back this summer. Uh, talking about how he won the golden, the state golden gloves in the War Memorial in Rochester. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yep. Also mentioned winning in Syracuse as well. Uh, they happen to be standing right in front of the men's room, and all of a sudden there's a loud commotion. And th- my one of my favorite shots of uh, this weekend was Owen and Bulldog coming out of the bathroom with, like, the bent pipes and looking at the camera like, uh, uh, uh. And then they just run off camera. It was fucking hilarious. You made a, a quick uh, mention in our last segment. I'm alone for the weekend. So I had a little bit of extra time and, and went a little farther watching. So I'm only one week ahead. Only one. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have this right here this week, everything we're doing. I'm only one more week ahead. And I'm so I got next week covered. That's it. But holy shit. The amazingness of Owen and Bulldog. They are, I don't, I think I took their comedy for fucking granted back then. Back then I was like, yeah, they're just being dicks and there's probably, you know what I mean? But how they act, the things they do, um, Owen especially, just fucking top-notch shit. I love watching all this old-school stuff, especially, obviously, this Heart Foundation stuff. It's all forming. It's getting real exciting right here. Oh, definitely, and it's kicking off more as we progress here. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that was just fucking hilarious. Next we get Jesse James and Honky Talk Man comes out and introduces the artist formerly known as... Well, he used to be Billy Gunn, and now he's Rockabilly. Does this even last a month? <laughs> I, 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 so that's why a couple of weeks ago I asked you, do you know who this is and where it leads to? And, and, that's why I said and I'm I like, confused. it's funny because, and yeah, and he knocks him out, and I'm like, huh? Even everybody in the... I swear to God I could recall to this date like a kid next to me going, he already said no. <laughs> you know, something like that, you know. <laughs> And I was like, no, he didn't. No, I'm sorry. I was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it was just weird because I'm like, oh, they ran out of guys. Like, shit. Uh, we'll, we'll play off the punch. Don't worry. We're fine. We'll, we'll use you. Who fell through? Because let me tell you something. I realized by this match and Raw, I have a theory, but we'll get there. Yeah. So, I mean, because I, even I wrote, didn't he just attack Honky Tonk Man? And Vince, even Vince goes, I don't understand this at all. And Lawler's like, yeah, he just hit him the other night. So, and, well, at least they're and, calling into it. Normally, WWE ignores that kind of right? shit. So, I'll give him that. Yeah, Jr. asks uh, Honky Tonk Man about signing him after he was attacked, and basically, it's oh, I had to pursue him because he had the gall to punch me. Uh, Jesse James wins. Uh, Honky Tonk Man tries to hit uh, Jesse James with the guitar shot, but he ducks. Uh, that's that. And we go back to uh, Doc Hendricks hawking some more merch backstage. Uh, and we get Kevin Kelly and Gorilla Monsoon in Austin's locker room. And uh, Austin says, Brett's going to have to kill me. I'm still wrestling. Uh, he refused medical attention. And Monsoon says, you know what? Uh, I'm going to rearrange the card. We'll have Taker up next in his match uh, to give Austin more time to recover. 
and then we get. Hey, you know what, ODM? Don't tell me what <laughs> Gorilla said. I was there. That was better. That was a little bit better, yeah. And we get Lance <laughs> Wright with the Heart Foundation and uh, Bulldog and Owen basically saying, "What do you mean? Austin started it. He came in there and he went after Owen. He stuck his nose in our business. I was just defending Owen." So it's good. But, yeah, this is where Brett says, hey, you know what the bottom line is? Who's crying now? Yep. Great line. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't realize it was on the pre-show as well, but uh, very, very, very good. Uh, so, yeah, naturally we do get Mankind vs. Taker. Um, it was weird in the beginning of the match, and I didn't hear them call out what it was, and they never used it. There were two tanks. I think it was a fire extinguisher of some kind. Don't know. Hmm. He puts it in the ring. You see it at the beginning when he's entering, and that's the end of that. Huh. Now that you're mentioning it, I really, yeah, I, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what's crazy, though? When you were there, not one goddamn screen. Yeah. That was the issue with this back in the day. They didn't even have, like, Rochester War Memorial didn't have a Videotron right. in the center the way Blue Cross Arena does. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't until I think SmackDown '99 or 2000 that I got to go to a show and they, and I finally was able to see things mm -hmm. from the back row. This, so things like that, if you didn't see it, you didn't know. Right. So it was hard to even like. So they, didn't, I had no idea about that when I was live. Yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, Taker's obviously got his face all bandaged, bandaged up. Uh, I saw a sign that said "Wee's Rules." Well, maybe back then he did. But. Oh, that was awesome. I saw that, too. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, Mankind uses the urn. He breaks a water pitcher over Taker's head, gives him a chair shot. Now, here's a funny thing. You mentioned that whole freezing thing. I've definitely seen that happen before. Uh, but there were chair shots here, and I these ones weren't edited. Uh, now, granted, the chair shot that Mankind gave Taker on the outside on the floor was pretty weak. It was a Hogan-esque chair shot. Uh, so maybe that's the reason that they did <laughs> Those they keep. They're like, those are the ones we like. Yeah. Uh, a taker's bandage eventually comes off. We see the burn mark, a.k.a. the makeup. Um, mankind can't put him down even with two pile drivers. Uh, then we get our ref bump. Uh, Mandible Claw gets locked in. Taker's out, but there's no ref. Another ref comes in, and Mankind just shoves him out of the ring. Uh, Bear tosses in the chair. Mankind grabs the steps. Uh, Taker pops up, drop kicks the steps into Mankind's face. Then he hit Mankind with a pretty nasty chair shot. This one wasn't edited, or maybe I'm so used to it I didn't realize it, but uh, Mick did get his arm up you know, a little bit, but it did sound pretty nasty. Um, Mankind gets caught in the ropes similar to Germany, where he ripped off his ear. Uh, but the, his mask comes off in the process, uh, so Taker has that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Taker hits Mankind with the steps, flies off the apron, uh, and he goes head first through the announce table. Looked pretty fucking nasty. So he's on standing on the apron. Taker hits him, and he like dove. Like, and who's going into a swimming pool? It was fucking crazy. Does, does it not look a little bit like because the uh, the the thing was over it, the tablecloth? Mm -hmm. Like it not pre-cut, but it looked like a perfect hole. Like he went into a sinkhole. <laughs> Do you know did. what I'm saying? Like it perfectly formed into a circle around him. I feel like, but. <laughs> yeah. But that's an infamous spot. I've always loved that, and every time that's ever been shown on a reel, I'm like, I was there. Yeah, right. Not even just doing the impression, but I was. It was I'm like, every time I see that, that's so cool to see. And I'm like, because it was cool. And I remember, again, from where we were, 
All I saw was a motherfucker's feet just dangling in the air. That's all you could see. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I'm sitting on the back row, but I could kind of stand on the chair a little bit. Everyone's standing up. I'm like, all I see is him upside down with his feet, man. Didn't know until the next night they showed it on Raw. That's the other issue is some things you miss. You're like, oh, that's what happened. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, though. It did look like he disappeared like into a hole. Maybe it was the way that the... That black tablecloth made it shaded, kind of. I don't know, but yeah, it definitely looked like he went in through a hole or something. It was, it was perfect. Weird. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yep. So there's that. Uh, eventually, he hits the to- uh, Taker hits the tombstone for the win. Uh, Taker points at Bear, gets him in the ring, and this is where things really went south. Now I will give Taker credit and commentary credit for trying to write it as much as they could. I have a question. Uh huh. Okay. I already sang the I'm a dude song, you know, Good Burger. Um, was it I'm a Mark, you know. Okay. Am I? Was this? What's, what's, is any of this real? Was any of this shit real or were they all really good sellers? Is that what went wrong? Or, because I got to be honest, as many times as I've seen this video, I, I, maybe I don't understand flash paper, but that looks real. Like, it really did burn him. So the question is, mm. well, go on. What were you going to say? So basically what happens is, is Taker's going after Bear. You see Mankind get out the flash paper and the lighter. And the spot, from what I can tell, was supposed to be he was going to hit Taker with the paper, but Taker would dodge and it would hit Bearer. The problem was is they went ahead with that spot, but Mankind couldn't light the paper. And they kind of just stood there for about half a second, like, fuck, now what? And Taker just started beating on them. And then they tried to reset. All right, can I say something that makes so much more sense as to why what happens on Monday? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we need exactly. A and we'll get there. Yep. I noticed the same thing. He just can't light shit. That's all. Um, so they, they try to set it up again, and they still fuck it up. So eventually what happens is Taker just beats the shit out of both of them, takes the paper, and burns Bearer's face with it. And commentary did as good as they could with saying, oh, it looks like Mankind brought that, and Taker just took it from him. So, but the uh, question I have, does that stuff burn? I, I don't think it causes it'll cause you any damage, no. Because if you stare at Taker's hands, because he kept looking at his fingers, mm-hmm. they look a little dark colored. And I'm just saying, I don't understand anything like that up against your face, being that it lights with a lighter. Mm-hmm. Can't be good. Again, could be a mark. It's my first fucking name. Just saying, it was... Every time I've seen it, I'm like, I don't know, man. I've never been able to uh, decode that one. Yeah. I, I think at worst it'll burn off your... Singe your eyebrows, not burn them off even, so... Yeah, no. Well, Paul Bearer sold it like a son bitch. He because... did, he did, and as oh, a... my god, <laughs> oh my god, he did it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So they cover his face with his jacket. A man kind of squirts him to the back, and Taker kind of has this look like, "Oh, what have I done?" So, uh, kind of teasing that morality within the Undertaker. So yeah, so uh, Hend- Doc Hendricks is backstage with the Hart Foundation, and you can hear Paul Bearer wailing in the background as he's coming back. It's fucking hilarious. Dude, you don't do that normally. Yeah. That's what made it so fucking real. Mm-hmm, I'm right. not saying it was real. I'm saying that that's what made the part seem real enough, at least. It was awesome. Yep. Rewatching it, and I go, 
wow, he's really screaming during the middle of this interview. That's so cool. <laughs> yep. And they even uh, I was more focused on Paul than than Brett at all. I'm like Brett's probably just talking shit about us, and he's gonna be uh, Austin. Whatever. I just want to hear what he's saying. He, and he keeps going. You hear mankind, Uncle Paul. You hear him like just screaming from afar. God, it's just so good. Yeah, because they even sold this pay per view. The final two matches. I think this pay per view is a touch underrated. Yeah, not it, just because I was there. Yeah, not bad at all. All right, because I was there. Well, there's I was there. there. That's it. Bret Hart's with Owen and Bulldog uh, against. Austin. Don't tell me, ODM. I was there. Boo. You oh, well surpassed the hat trick. <laughs> the refs stop Owen and Bulldog for coming to the ring. Monsoon enforces it. Uh, Brett's working knee, the knee most of the match. Uh, we see Bear getting stretchered to the ambulance. Uh, at one point, Brett takes off uh, Austin's brace. Uh, Brett goes for the sharpshooter. Austin hits him with the brace, reverses it, and locks in the sharpshooter on Brett. Owen and Bulldog come down. Austin breaks the hold to fend them off, gets the sharpshooter on again, and then Bulldog gets in, uses the chair on Austin. It's a DQ. Uh, Brett's looking for the ring bell after the match, goes after Austin, but Austin's able to grab the chair, hit heart and knee, locks in the sharpshooter again, and eventually four refs pull him off, and that is the end of the show. That was a pretty good match, and it was awesome storyline-wise because – it plays off of WrestleMania 13. Is now Brett going to tap to his own move, or is he going to pass out? But before either can happen, he had to be saved by the Hart Foundation. Yep. Thought it played out well. The crowd was hot for it. Every time they were. Austin put him in that sharpshooter, we were. I was there. It, we were. It was hot. <laughs> it honestly, it was a very, very. I love that. Like, I was just kind of watching. I'm like, man, I miss the days where you could stand and they don't say shit. Like, you could stand for most of the match and it was fine. How many times they tell you to sit down at Dynamite or at the Revolution? They're like, all right, guys, sit down. Eat a dick. All right, man. I mean, I, I, except for the lady behind me with her uh, sign problems. But look, I do want to tell you, this is how the pay-per-view ended for you guys. For me, two dark matches. Well, man, wasn't happy about that one. He's like, I thought you just said it was over. Yeah, no, but they just said that we'd stick around. There's two matches. He goes, but they don't count, right? Well, please. <laughs> Boy, do we stick around for some doozies. Stuck around to see Doug Furness and Philip Lafon beat the Godwins. And then, in your final match of the night, Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China defeats Goldust, who was with Marlena. Same bullshit we've been seeing on TV every every week, but, you know, right. just playing out there in Rochester. Most of the arena is probably, like, half empty at this point. But I took home gold dust. It was sprinkling all over the arena, and I remember grabbing a couple pieces and bringing it home because that's what you do when you're a kid. You're like, I'm going to keep this forever. Yeah. Um, fun pay-per-view, man. It was awesome. I was there. All right, what happened on Monday? <laughs> right. We'll start with Raw. Wait, I gotta tell you about Monday. I gotta tell you about Monday. Hang on. After he breaks everything. Oh my god! I just got so excited. I dropped my pod. It just went flying across the room. Okay. Look it. Um, I told you this is very memorable, right? For me, right? This, yeah. Okay. So went to school the next day, acting like a G. You know what I mean? Where it's like the whole, yo. Know, I just, I went to a pay per view last night. Most of you didn't. Probably all you didn't, so that's how cool I am. Mm. That's kind of how I felt. But 
generally on Mondays. Um, all right, this is where it's going to get funny. Um, have you ever... Yeah, you grew up the same as me. So, on Mondays, when you're growing up, for us, now it doesn't have to be a specific day, but where my community was, when you're growing up Catholic, you go to these things called religion classes. I'm not sure, was that kind of a thing for you, religion, or going to religion classes? Uh, or something I, I like did that? go to Sunday school when I was younger. Okay, it was considered Sunday school. They just did it on Mondays where I go. Yeah, I didn't go to a Catholic school. At a night kind of thing. No, it wasn't a Catholic school. I'm just saying, like, I went to, I'm sorry, I I grew up Catholic. Ah. This is just a regular at night thing at the school. Gotcha. So instead of Sunday school, it's Monday night school. That's pretty lame. Yeah. No shit. Especially for Monday nights for Raw and Nitro. But it only lasts from, like, you know, September to May. Just the fucking school year. Um... But it gets done at like 8.15. And I'd like to say I'd like to haul ass out of there. And most people are like, well, I got to wait for my parent to show up, right? This particular year, guess who the teacher was? My mom. (laughs) (laughs) My mom was into the community, you know what I mean? Like helping out the church and shit. And she was like, yeah, I'll... uh, I'll do that, you know, and it's really great, especially, you know, at like 5.30, 6 o'clock. She's like, come on, fuckers, we got to go. We got to get in the car for religion. Let's go. Come on. Eat your fucking dinner. Come on. Let's go. And then uh, we hop in the car and go. But this particular night, my mom's caprice broke down on the way home. Just died. So I've rewatched some of this stuff from Raw. Many times now. You know it's my favorite era. But live, I don't even get there until the exact beginning of the street fight. I missed all the opening shit. Everything that was going on because we were on the side of the road. And this dude was like, do you guys need a ride? I'm like, yes. My mom's like, we don't fucking know him. I'm like, come on, we gotta go. We gotta go. I'm like, (laughs) I'm more worried about Raw than I was being beaten up, raped, or anything like that. I just got to see what the follow-up was the pay-per-view that I was at last night. But yeah, man, car broke down on the way home from religion. Thought that was fun, so. Boom, there you go. There's your story. You didn't think you'd have, uh, yeah, look at that, Adam Page with a little bit of religion in the beginning, me a little bit of religion in the end. Maybe you'll say a prayer at the end of this in Gilbert Gottfried style. Here we go. I'm not doing Um, that. (laughs) Oh my God, they can be your four words out. I'll say a prayer. That, wow, Jesus. All right, I'm taking a seat for a minute. Go ahead. Tell me okay. talk about what happened. Jesus. We open up. Austin's in the ring with Vince. He's going to face Taker uh, in May on pay-per-view for the title. Uh, tells Vince to shut his stinking hole. Wants to talk about Bret Hart. Says, bring your ass out here. Uh, I don't want to wrestle you. I want a street fight, and I'll give you one minute. Conveniently, they put up a timer on the Tron. Uh, timer runs on, runs out. Uh, he says, I knew damn well you didn't have the guts, so I'll go back and find you. And then we get Brett in the foundation on the Tron. He accepts the challenge. Uh, and uh, Brett Hart says something about sending him to hell, to which Austin says, well, you damn well better believe if I'm going to hell, you're coming with me. So, great Sound line. Bite. I loved it. Yep. Uh, um, so- I, I, I do need to break right here for our newest soundbite. You know what? You are nothing but a dirty, stinking, low-down hyena. <laughs> hear that? That laughing hyena sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot how goddamn much Brett 
calls Austin a stinking hyena. And, and, and you lousy stinking hyena. And he said it like three times already in that promo right there. That one right there, he calls him a lousy stinking yep. hyena. And it's just going to continue, I feel like, pretty much all the way until Brett leaves in, nine, in uh, November of 97 here. Um, he's always a hyena. So every time you feel like you want to have a nice giggle, let's throw that sound in there because, God, I, I every time he calls me, I was like, <clears throat> I got to look it up. I just want to hear the sound. All I can think about is the hyenas in, what is it, Lion King? Lion King, yep. Yep. And that's pretty much the sound. All right. There we go. So later it's going to be Austin, uh, the hyena, versus Hart, the anti-American. Cool. All right. Oh, I got a theory on this. Everything that's about to happen is the reason Brett is going to be going for the title. Because I think, or not, sorry, not Brett. Austin's going to be going for the title. I think what's about to happen, I think that Brett really is injured and needs time away. And he could have kept this feud going with Austin. But they're like, well, let's put Austin in the title picture. It makes zero sense to me that he is now going to be in this. And I'm throwing this out now because you're going to get into later with Raw here and Undertaker. It just doesn't make sense to me with what you're presenting to me. Yeah, this lines up. Let's have Austin and Taker. It just didn't make sense to me. A cold day in hell pay-per-view has always fell short on me. I never understood it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they never, uh, you know, sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes Maybe it was because I was at Revenge of the Taker. I was there. You know, it was... It was... <laughs> you know who else was there? Ken Shamrock. And apparently he's going to be making a challenge to Mike Tyson. Uh, we'll get to that one in a second. Yeah. Uh, and then they start talking about Vader being held hostage in Kuwait. We'll get back to that one in a second, too, because I forgot all about this. Oh, that was the other thing on my, uh, I forgot to tell you, on my free-for-all. They mentioned that um, on the commentary. Not Doc Hendricks, so I didn't know about it at the arena that night. But they mentioned it on the commentary in the free-for-all. And they're like, well, we're going to get to that a little bit later on, too. I'm like, huh. Wow, I didn't even know that that all happened. But, yeah, that's funny because we just talked about yeah, I, I'm so excited. Yeah. So next we get the Sultan versus Ahmed Johnson. Naturally, the nation domination comes out. Ahmed pulls out a uh, two by four from under the ring. They retreat. Uh, Ahmed uses uh, the two by four on Sultan, gets DQ'd, and uh, there's a beat down on Sultan after the bell. And that's about all. Well, you know what happens when Ahmed stops taking his Prozac. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he gets a little unhinged. <laughs> Uh, we see Austin trying to break into the Heart Foundation's locker room. We got a camera in there with Brett and officials. And, and Brett's just being calm, saying, I'll fight him. I'll fight him when I'm ready. Tell him to go to the ring. Uh, we get Ken, Sham- Ken-, Ken, Shamrock? Ken <laughs> Shamrock on commentary. He's going to be facing Vader on May 11th, or at least hopefully, uh, because we get a recap of his detainment. They actually have music and a graphic and a day counter for this. It's, it's day nine. It was very news, breaking news yes. type thing. Like it's been, it, it, what was it? Day number nine. Nine. Day nine. Like they've been tracking this ever since day one. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So basically, what happened was Taker and Vader were on a uh, like an interview program in Kuwait, 
And Very infamous interview if you've ever looked it up. Everybody's yep. probably seen it by now. It's similar to the slap heard around the world. Uh, so basically what happens is, you know, just like the other one, a guy mentions, oh, something about it being fake, and Vader flips open the ta- flips over the table, grabs the dude by the tie, and says, you think it's fake? Does this feel fake to you? He's like, how about when I'm done kicking his ass, I'll kick your ass. Uh, so, Not one movement from Taker. Oh, yeah. Who oh, is yeah. sitting there it. in non-Taker form. Yep. He's Taker, but he's not Taker. He almost look looks like American, American badass, badass biker yep. Taker at this moment. Um, with the championship, it just says sit there and no sell this whole fucking thing. It doesn't do anything. Yep. Um, read an interview that Undertaker was told, get out of there. After all that was done, they separated him from it completely. Being that he was a champion, a, a bigger yeah. face of the company, they had to separate him from it completely. And Vader looked at him and was like, Mark, what do I do? He goes, I don't know. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Yeah. So, yeah. So he, it was. Well, it's fu- like, bro, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know what we're doing, what we work for. And come on. Like, you also know that you're in another country. Did you think that was going to work? Yeah. Yeah. He's playing the bully and he thought he could be the bully and got held in another country. Yep, no. two weeks. He was there for two Holy weeks. Holy shit, it really is the blood money event that happened. People got detained in one, and they got to... Oh, 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 oh. There we go. There we go. Uh, yep, they show Tiger Ali Singh winning a tournament in Kuwait, uh, and Lawler has a drawing of Vader cleaning up camel shit in the desert. It was actually a pretty good picture, I'm not going to lie. And then they have... Uh, Vader's action figure with uh, bars, like jail cell bars, drawn on the front of the package. He uh, was holding the marker while doing it. And he goes, isn't this kind of cool, guys? <laughs> and then uh, we get the rumor that, uh, you know, Shamrock's talking about wanting to fight Mike Tyson. Uh, and he, he says, you know, Tyson's a bully, too. And he's, you know, I'm going to prove I'm the world's most dangerous man if he fights me in the WWE. He mentions that the match is going to, he wants the match to be WWE. Then he just casually brings up Tyson's rape charge and about him being in jail. Uh, and Lawler, Okay, made it to the Peacock Network. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I was like, ah, uh, there's no way that shit made it on there. When I watched mine, I go, oh, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lawler starts mouthing off to Shamrock. Shamrock has a really hard time coming up with a retort. So he basically just says, why don't you sit down and enjoy your retirement? To Lawler going, I'm already sitting down. I go, thank you, Lawler. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because he was. Oh, it was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, next, we get Austin versus Brett in the street fight. Uh, they're all in plain clothes. Uh, you see uh, a flashback uh, during the break where Austin was standing on top of commentary talking shit to Vince. Uh, and basically, as you expect, Owen and Bulldog jump Austin from behind. Uh, but HBK comes out. He's got a chair. He clean, clears the ring. Uh, they stay in. They keep fighting. Um, there was a sign in the crowd. You know what? If you want, I can cut, copy, and paste that exact line you just said. What's that? Oh yeah, <laughs> no. Keep going. We're gonna no. It's gonna be said a lot. Yeah, I probably should have just said. Jesus, I did not yeah. remember that. Watching this again, yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a hat trick in its own. I think uh, there's a sign in the crowd that's uh, in the crowd that says, "Hey Brett, only pussies wear pink." <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Brett tries to pilmanize Austin, uh, but Austin dodges and starts going after Brett's knee with the chair, locks in the sharpshooter, won't let it go. The refs are trying to stop him. He flips off one of the refs, which was great. He had it locked in for a good solid like two minutes almost. 
Um, Owen and Bulldog finally make it back. Uh, they, they're asking for medical attention. Uh, Monsoon's giving Austin shit backstage, telling him to get his ass out of the building. And, uh, yeah, we head into hour two, and we get Tiger Ali um, sing. Oh. Okay, hang on. I got a couple things. Bell never rang. Yeah. They called this a street fight. Mm. It's never really officially on a card. And I kind of like it. It's almost like a lights-out match, except in a lights-out match, there's a pin. Kind of the whole thing with uh, Orange Cassidy and Adam Cole. They're like, well, it doesn't count. It fucking counted, man. I watched him lose on TV. Right. Um, there's no pin in this. It was just a fight until one it. man couldn't continue, and then the refs showed up, and we're like, well, Brett can't get out of this. It's over. Let's let's get him out. It's over. Loved it. Mm-hmm. It was just fantastic. Um, it, that's one thing I wanted to throw in there. The second part, always a big fan of the street clothes. Um, I will say Adam Cole and Adam Page did it. They were wearing jeans in their Texas death match. And I kind of, I, I just, for me, when it's a street fight, go in your streetwear. You wouldn't go in your goddamn wrestling trunks, right? you know, some underwear and be like, oh, I hope I hit some thumbtacks. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> um, but that whole... Did they now on your version? Uh, nope, we're good. Never mind. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Hour two, we start Tiger Ali Singh versus Salvatore Sinceri. This, they use this match as, you know, they've been touting this guy for a while and nobody's paying attention to it because all we're watching is the shit that's going uh, on backstage with Brett being stretchered to the ambulance. Um, they get all, they get Brett into the back of the ambulance and Austin enters through the front, through like the, the driver's side door and just starts beating the shit out of Austin. Uh, Owen and Bulldog. It was fantastic. So you're breezing through this more than I anticipated. So I'm going to pump a break for a second. Sorry. Watch his leg. It's broken. (laughs) Bulldog can't stop saying that line over and over. It's broken. And he keeps telling it to the paramedics. Owen. My brother, he's hurt. Leave him. He's hurt. Be careful. His knee, it's hurt. He also, uh, uh, Brett keeps grabbing his wrist. But you just said, they pan, they show Austin. He starts beating the shit out of him. You got to talk about the line, man. You shut your mouth. He's holding a paramedic on the outside as he's sitting in the driver's seat and he's telling him to shut his mouth. And then out loud yells to Brett, I told you. We're going to hell. I'm taking you with me as he goes to beat his ass. Just just well done. But what's great about this beatdown is Brett comes out in the gurney. But he's strapped there. He can't do anything. He's just <laughs> strapped up and he's standing in a standing position. And Austin's beating the fuck out of him. And he's still just locked to the gurney. This is well done. I loved all of this. It was probably to some people corny because... Okay, there's a camera inside of this fucking uh, ambulance all of a sudden, but I don't know. I loved every second of this whole thing because then Bulldog and Owen come in and beat the living shit out of Austin. Oh, yeah. They get him uh, finally restrained. Uh, and I did like Bulldog saying, I'm going to kill him. We're going to go after him tonight. I'm going to kill him. They kept saying it over and over. I'll kill him. Yep. Uh, next, we get Jesse James versus Rockabilly. I thought we just did this. Uh, Rockabilly gets his win back with a shake, rattle, and roll, and Honky Tonk Man hits Jesse James with the guitar afterwards. Yes? This is where I am telling you I will 100% I quit singing that song. 
<laughs> Jesse James ruined it for me on this exact night. Why is that? Either he didn't have an in-ear monitor, they didn't turn it up, he had a cold, or he even agreed that he didn't like the song so much that he just stopped trying. It was the worst flat version I've ever heard. And I go, oh my God, he sounds tone deaf. And then, who's his opponent? You hear the slide of the piano, a little Richard style, and out comes Rockabilly, who does the same dance every time, the where you just kind of shuffle the one side. And I go, oh my God, it's two <laughs> it's... left feet versus tone deaf. Fuck, this is going to be a great match. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah, I skipped through uh, uh, with my baby tonight, so I didn't hear it. Oh, oh, you should go back just for that reason, just to hear how bad it is. <laughs> I'll check it out. Uh, next we get Austin and Heartbreak Kid arguing backstage. Monsoon's intervening as best as he can. Uh, he says to Austin, you're close to losing your license with this attitude. Like, it's license? Okay. Uh, next we get Mankind promo. Uh, he's in the boiler room, obviously, uh, talking about Uncle Paul having skin hanging off his face and how he could smell the stench of burning skin. It was uh, it was melted. Yeah, it, it was, was awesome. It, it was a good visual. Uh, next, we get Taker versus Triple H. Uh, that's cool. Uh, you know, probably one of the first few times we've seen that uh, these two match up. Uh, let's see. We get Marlena and Goldust in the front row. No makeup for Goldust, and Jr. actually calls them. So he says, "That's Dustin and Terry. I mean Marlena." <laughs> yep. So and. Um, I'm not sure if you'll have this part written down or because it seems like it was just before the gold dust part here, but China looks to get involved at one point and Taker just turns and stares at her and she backs down. Yep. And they go, that's the first time we've ever seen China back down. I go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That at least she had a kryptonite, right? Right. You can't fuck with the dead band. You can fight everybody here, but when it turned to him, she it was like she still had to give the nod the respect to him you know the upper you know what i mean i was like cool i dug it just it was one of those things i was like she didn't man up to him the way she manned up to brett yep i was waiting it for was that just to happen cool. she yeah it was, I was awesome watching the yep. match, i was waiting for it because i was like there's no way like she's not gonna fuck with taker she may act like she is but uh yeah and they kept even even the way she was looking at him throughout the match you could tell that she was hesitant they sold it feared good. yeah or fearing yep it was awesome yeah they sold it really well uh yeah so at some point mankind comes out with an acetylene torch <laughs> and this is why i said i was like okay yeah, and i it's know like a long hose and everything <laughs> i'm like all right well we couldn't get uh the lighter to work last night and that's you know i mean there's air conditioning it may be blowing in the middle of the thing so uh i got it how about we send you out with an entire uh i don't know basically like a whole fucking acetylene canister yeah yeah What's yeah, great so, is this could he could even get this shit to work. Was that planned? So was he supposed well, to not get it to work? I don't know. So he had it lit when he went to the ring, but then he got to the ring, he turned it off, and he attacks Taker with the tanks. So then he gets on top of him and he's trying to light. So, you know, I don't know how many people listening know what an acetylene torch is. You know, you got gas that comes out of the hose, and you have this little thing in your hand that creates a spark. And yep. he's sitting there squealing like a pig, and he just can't get this fucking thing to light. Like, And the squealing's intensifying because he can't get it lit. And then just as he gets it lit, Undertaker grabs him by the throat. They fight off through the crowd to the back. Uh, as they fight off, 
Marlena reaches out from behind the barricade and starts choking China with the belt. Goldust jumps the guardrail, attacks Triple H, and uh, we go to commercial after that. I'm laughing because every time you say and you squeal I'm like a pig, all I could think of is just this whole Ben Affleck thing. Days <laughs> confused, and I'm waiting for someone Remember to drop pig? paint on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. It was cool because then they go, oh, my God, it's dust. Gold dust. Is They couldn't get it straight. I'm like, why would you let them sit ringside in no right. gear if you weren't going to do this the right way? But I think they start to get into this a little more. Um, I think they're starting to hint towards him being a person as opposed to the character Gold Dust. I, yep. I th- we're starting to see that. I remember this happening at some point. Um because way down the road, Brian Pillman even plays into this whole scenario right before he passes. So I think that's what we're starting to get into, but it's funny how they can't get the names right. Um, one thing I forgot to mention because I was too busy men- mentioning the tone deaf and two left feet. Um, a great moment during this match. I'm sure you probably really didn't. I think you said you fast forward. Oh, you fast forward through uh, uh, Road Dog singing. Mm. Did you fast forward through the match too? Yeah. Okay, uh, Jim Ross, he, he goes, you know what, I, I like, or, or Lawler goes, I like Honky, and I think he has a great thing going here with rockability, and he goes, what is he, your cousin or something? And he goes, wow, maybe. Oh my God, that's that's a shot for the boys right there, because obviously Lawler and Honky are cousins in real life. It was just such a quick little to the boys I loved it he goes what is your cousin or something I go ha, 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 ha. that's so good because back in the day not many would have known that I just oh no not cool. at all yeah. Eh, so yeah you probably missed that I liked that but yes please onward with this because this is going to be a good night well yeah I was going to say because if we get a repeat uh, here's where you're going to copy and paste Austin comes back to the ring uh, cuts a pro- Austin cuts a quick promo on the crowd makes fun of Vince's cute dimpled chin um, says Vince is uh, more than anyone wants to jump on the Austin bandwagon. Owen Bulldog come out. Uh, Vince Vince is like Vince is like a mother like poorly trying to break up their kids fighting. He's kind of just standing over and kind of just kicking them a little bit. It just doesn't work. Owen actually shoves Vince to the ground. Uh, so Vince pops up hard mm-hmm. and looks kind of pissed. Probably was. Was he supposed to get shoved down? Who knows? I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. Just mentioning. Just... Because then, please go on, and then I, we're going to talk about Vince in a minute because he did one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. But go ahead. Uh, Shawn Michaels is back with the chair again, runs off, and went and Bulldog again to the back. And now Pillman comes out, and he starts attacking Austin. Uh, Pillman's got his finest tie-dyed Zubas. And a T-shirt that says "I don't call 911" with a picture of a gun underneath it. Uh, it was like goes, partial sadistic Pillman and flying Brian with his pants. Pretty much. It was a little weird. Um, my first is obviously, yeah, we get the hat trick of Shawn Michaels again with the the chair sliding in. And legit, he slides in the same way every time. Same chair, everything. It was kind of almost annoying, but when he slides in to scare off Bulldog and Owen, McMahon cowers down and gets on his hands and knees 
in a corner and just kind of crawls for a second in a weird, like, I don't know what to do with myself. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> Dude, go back and see it. It was fucking hysterical. He just gets on his hands and knees and goes, oh, oh shit, I don't know where to go, pal. It was a funny, like... I don't remember seeing it. I don't know if he meant to do it, but it was hysterical. Um, but yeah, we we end with a Pillman beat down. Pillman coming back. It's a fucking badass Raw. About, yeah, yeah, it was good. There was a lot of shit going on. Again, a lot of focus on Owen and Bulldog. Nothing wrong with that. The whole Heart Foundation, the whole thing is all based around them. Whole show. Yeah, and them and Austin. Kind of like an NWO intro. thing. <laughs> Yeah, well, speaking of, we'll start with Nitro. Uh, opening shot, we get J.J. Dillon arriving in a limousine. So that's a an old but yet new face this time period. Uh, we start with Yuji Nagata versus Malenko for the U.S. title. Uh, Reggie White's How awesome is that? Again. How awesome is what? We're talking about Yuji, Yuji Nagata is the guy that Moxley just faced on Dynamite recently, too. Mm. He's been a, a a big face of New Japan forever. They make mention of it. Mm-hmm. And it is a young fucking, obviously, 25 years later here, but I'm saying a young Yuji Nagata. It was just so cool to see versus Dean Malenko. I marked out the moment this happened. I go, wow, this was a goddamn good night. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and they mentioned him being a young kind of up-and-comer. So, uh, you know, I don't know how long he was in the business at this in point. In the but... New Japan era, era, yeah. uh, promotion. They even make mm-hmm. mention of it. Dude, yep. when Dean Malenko wins, how over is Dean Malenko. Oh, huge. Has been for a while, yeah. Definitely. I'm like, I am shocked this dude never was put into a main event picture the way he was over. I don't think... I mean, this is naturally... I mean, obviously, you know why. But I'm saying, like, you know, when he came over in the Radicals, to me, when you look at Benoit, Eddie, Malenko, Saturn, if you want to tier them, I always thought it went Benoit Guerrero, Malenko, Saturn. Mm. Man, Malenko is rivaling where he was probably more above Eddie. When you're talking about a pop for someone, because Eddie was healed pretty much the entire time leaving. But, I mean, I never realized how over Malenko was. And this here shows so hard. I mean, crowd goes nuts for him. Mm. It's funny. They go, they love him here. And I think I kind of feel like I love him everywhere. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Even when they're trying to turn him heel, you know, it doesn't really go over well just because... They always pop for him, so. But I got a question. How drunk was Larry Zabisco? <laughs> he had a couple of moments in this night that he was off. Um, they mentioned, they asked him, they go, you know, what do you think of this guy? He goes, I don't think of him. Okay, solid answer. Kind of not what they were asking as an analyst, but, you know, I think they were kind of looking for a description, but good enough. Um, and then after it's over, the ego in. Dean beats uh, Eugene Nagata, and he goes, and it's sayonara, Nagata. I go, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, I don't know, man. Like, Larry was just a little off tonight, or on. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, next, we get Cyclope versus Glacier. It's a squash, uh, but Wrath comes out, uh, cause a distraction for Mortis to come in and lay one hell of a super kick. This looked like a Goldberg to Bret Hart super kick, man. Uh, it was a pretty nasty-looking one. Uh, but again, it put him down because back then, that's what super kicks did. Imagine that. I. It's funny because as soon as Glacier came out, I go, "Oh, he was still working for them at this time." Oh yeah, I keep forgetting that he's a part of the company with everything that's going on. But 
Oh, I love, man. I don't think I really, because I, I was a very, very big WWF fan, man. I didn't realize how well they were really presenting Wrath and Mortis. They were doing a really good job mm-hmm. with this whole setup here and making them look like a real um, threat. And, and it's a shame because, of course, you'll never go as high as, what, U.S. Championship probably? Any of them, you know, at the very most, are a tag team title. But absolutely, man, they they had some really good talent on their hands, and and I never really gave them credit for it. Yeah, it was easy for him to get buried, you know, with the NWO being there. So especially with people like Flair still being there and Sting and Luger. So, uh, yeah. Next, we find out that J.J. Dillon's been named the chairman of the WCW executive committee, not the other one. Uh, And we get Nick Patrick at commentary. He's reapplied to work for WCW, wants to issue an apology to everybody. Uh, There are some people he'll never apologize to, specifically Macho and Bischoff. Uh, Said he'll stand up for WCW, but Zabisco is not too pleased with him. Says, uh, how do we know you're not going to screw us again? Yeah. Hey, you got a used car I can buy? It was awesome. It was a good line. <laughs> it was a good line. Um, so I'm saying Larry was a little fresh tonight, man. It yeah, was just was a little say. more than normal. I think he was on. I think he was on. He, he was pretty good. He had the fire tonight. Uh, maybe he had a cocktail um, too. I did. I liked it. Um, you know, he goes, I, I joined the NWO for a purpose because I, I thought here's a good chance for the refs to have a voice. And yep. th- it was actually a really cool promo. But it's funny because I'm like, doesn't he go back to the NWO? I can't remember. We'll find out. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like picture this in my head. I can't remember because I know he tries to be good again. But I'm like, I feel like I never, ever trusted him ever after after this. So is he just kind of playing possum on this whole thing or whatever you want to call it or faking? I, I, I did not remember him pleading to be good in the eyes again of the world and J.J. Dillon. I, did, I didn't remember that. Yeah, I don't either, uh, so I'm interested to see uh, what happens with this. So uh, next we get Bobby Eaton versus Ultimate Dragon for the TV title. Who do you think won? Uh, next we get uh, Mean Gene with uh, William Steven Regal, sorry, on the ramp. Uh, he said he wants uh, that TV title back. It would be his fourth time. And he says, you bloody Americans don't have much luck with the Japanese, do you? And that Mexican fella that I'll be fighting next week, holy shit, he was on. <laughs> what's about being on? He was just on with descriptive words. Yeah, and as he was walking away, there must have been a fan flipping him off because Gene's like, hey, hey, you got your number one fan right here. At least that's what his hand says or something like that. So. And he didn't turn around. He goes, he goes oh. your fan over here is telling you you're number one. Yeah, yep. that's what it was. Um, but my favorite thing. And I'll see you next week, Sunshine. Yeah. Oh, I love Sunshine. I forgot how much he said. I got I just love that one. Yeah. So, uh, uh, FYI, uh, Regal Part 2 uh, on Talk is Jericho just came out. Uh, I listened to it. It was really good. Uh, really good. It was less more. It was it was more about his, his coming up through the ranks in the wrestling world and uh, just some fun stories, a lot of British slang. It was really good. Check it out. Nice. Uh, next, we get Mang uh, versus Jericho. Commentary is just now mentioning Hart's change in attire. I've been talking about it for weeks now, but whatever. Uh, and it's nice. I to wanted see. to just give you credit on that, and you already called it out. But good, good. Yeah. You, I caught I mean, it too because I was like, "Now you're gonna say it." I'm like, "Oh, he's been saying this for like three weeks," and they're like, "You know, he's not as flashy as he normally <laughs> is." I'm like, "Did commentary not get the memo because we caught it, or not even we? You caught it right away. I'll give it to you." But right I also away. wasn't watching that hard to see it. But yeah, 
Well, it's hard when you're used to seeing that jacket and you don't. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, this was one of the most disjointed things I've ever seen. Mang got the win, uh, so I was happy. Anytime Mang can get a win, I- I'm good with that. Uh, he's going to be facing Benoit Slamboree, uh, obviously doing the bidding of the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, you know how Mang is. He just shouts in Samoan, which is great. I love it. I would have it no other way. Then Sullivan and Jacqueline come out. They cut a promo on Benoit. Sullivan starts talking about his son and daughter. Then Sullivan makes it seem like he wants Mang to hit him. And then Jacqueline stops him. Mang actually speaks coherently. And then I have no idea what happened after that. So, um, all right, yeah, I want to back up on that. First, when he did start speaking gibberish Samoan, it was funny because Gene goes, I don't know what he said. <laughs> Great. Awesome. And then the Sullivan thing, he goes, Benoit, you think that you you took Nancy. I let her go. Yeah. And just like I let my kids go and my daughter and I'll never speak to you again. I go, Jesus Christ. All this stuff just, it's all being oddly aired right out on TV, especially from what we eventually see in the dark side of the ring and everything that we know, obviously, down the road with the real stuff. But it just, you know, everything that came to light about how much the uh, Sullivan kids were actually involved in some of this stuff. Him now airing it out on Nitro, I was like, ooh, God, I did not want to watch this part. It just got too real for me. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was just so disjointed. We do get a Chris Benoit video package after But then, that. oh, I'm sorry, but then you're right. All of a sudden, yeah, Ming hit me. Isn't he, a, like, your henchman? I, it, it was so confusing. It, it just lost all semblance of... But I stopped paying attention to anything that was said because all of a sudden Jackie comes out and starts talking. And I was just watching side boob the entire fucking time. I'm not going to lie. I was like, it's got to pop out. Like it. Come on. Is that a, (laughs) is that a nip? Nope. Kind of. Nope. Oh, oh, Hershey kiss. Oh, those almost burst Ah, through. Yeah. (laughs) That must've been some strong fabric, man. Cause yeah. Uh, next we get so back to Lauren Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that was a stretch, but I like it. I'll allow it. (laughs) No, I was. I'm sorry. No, but I really could not. I stopped. It was distracting. You said all of a sudden Ming talked regular proper English, and I go, "Huh?" I didn't hear that (laughs) because I I was just watching Jackie. I'm not even gonna lie. Totally missed it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. It was distracting. Uh, next, we get Pubic Enemy versus Steiner Brothers. The music plays, but the Steiners don't come out. That's because they're fighting Conan and Hugh Morris in the back. Uh, they still come out to start the match. Uh, we've got the Steiner family in the crowd because we are in Michigan. Uh, but Conan and Morris just come out to the ring to resume the feud that they had backstage. Pu- pubic Enemy helps the Steiners, and they fight off to the back. Not much to talk about. I like there. how you say pubic. It's pretty humorous. <laughs> Moving on to hour two, we open with Gene and J.J. Dillon. Tony Schiavone interrupts me and Gene to let him know, uh, you know, just to mention, to bring up to J.J. Dillon about Nick Patrick wanting to rejoin WCW. Uh, Dillon says it's being taken under advisement. Uh, So Dillon wants to start talking about Bischoff and the NWO. Uh, They got a bunch of lawyers to review Bischoff's contract. There's good news and bad news. The good news is Bischoff has no authority. Uh, The bad news is he has an ironclad contract and no buyout clause, so... 
He is going to stay there. Bischoff comes out. Um, and uh, 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 J.J. Dillon is saying that all the NWO contracts are valid with two exceptions, uh, Big Bubba and Wall Street. Uh, they are not valid NWO contracts. They are still employed by WCW. Uh, it doesn't matter, though, because uh, Bubba's been out on injury, so maybe that was just their way. I'm like, so who cares? It was it was a really weird thing to even bring up. I'm like, the two most people that no one gives a fuck about in WCW, yeah. you brought up. I'd have been rather if you're like Scott Norton and... <laughs> right. Virgil. You know, like just some of the other guys. Buff Bagwell. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, they defected. Okay. Right. Uh, Bischoff tells Dylan to bite me three times during this. We get the bite me hat trick. It's um, awesome. Gives him an order. He's like, and you are no longer allowed to blah, blah, blah. Just grabs the mic, pulling it over. He goes, bite me. That's it. Yep. Dylan actually mentions he does give uh, Bischoff credit for bringing uh, the company to the potential that it has today. Uh, he says, you know, uh, more than two years ago, uh, the standard wasn't this. The standard was in New York, in, in Stamford, Connecticut. So he calls it right out. Um, and even J.J. Dillon had to tell the production crew to stop playing the music because he wanted to keep talking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Turn about... my music off. Hang on. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> it was something about it was a, some kind of allegory that had to do with shoes. <laughs> gonna... Yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it was real dumb. Uh, next we got Jeff Jarrett versus Scotty Riggs. Uh, Mongo tries to interfere by bringing the Halliburton, but Reggie White jumps the barricade, steals the briefcase from him, and Jeff Jarrett wins with the figure four. Next, we get six uh, with Kevin Nash at ringside versus Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Nash interferes with the ref distracted, hits a big boot and power bomb. Six locks in the buzz killer. Dylan immediately comes out, uh, tells six to break the hold, calls for the paramedics. Uh, and J.J. Dylan, this, this was so great. J.J. Dillon is talking down to Six and Nash, specifically Six, and says, this type of behavior isn't going to be tolerated anymore, pal. <laughs> Actually, nice, pal. pal. Yeah. And then in sync, Six and Nash both look up at J.J. Dillon and go, bite me. <laughs> <laughs> it was the phrase of the night, man. It was the phrase I of the it. night. I love it. Um... And they, they really sold this uh, powerbomb to Rey Mysterio, having him carted out yeah. basically to an ambulance. It was cool. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we get a quick uh, Hogan promo. He's on the set for his new movie. Uh, then we get the NWO coming to the ring. Uh, no Bischoff, uh, no Hogan, no Hall. Uh, they keep mentioning Scott Hall's absence. Uh, Six cuts a quick pro promo on Flair and Piper. Calls out Rick Flair for ripping off Buddy Rogers. Which oh I my god, that was crazy. Best X-Pac, Six-Pac, Waltman promo of all time. This whole thing was just fucking outstanding. I loved it. Yep. And then Nash uh says, uh, you know, uh, keep it down. We can get this done quick. And basically the promo that he cuts is was on the old guard. It was about, you know, if you wanted to get in this business, you had to be the kid of somebody. Uh that was the only way you're going to get to the top. And then he did like a reference about you know, we're going to fill the potholes of the road that was paved by the previous generation. Uh, something like that. Basically just saying, you know, yeah, you guys, you know, now you're all complaining because we're here. But, you know, you're the ones that made it this way. So, you know what? We're just going to fix it. Solid promo. Good. Very good promo. Very good. Yep. Uh, 
So, yeah, next we get Psychosis. Oh, yeah, somebody threw a battery at Kevin Nash, and he no-sold it. I give him fucking credit. Yep. I wouldn't have been able to no-sell that shit. Fuck that. It hit him right in the head, too. I'm going to the back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm going to go to production, rewind that shit, show me where it came from, make it like a JFK. <laughs> I'm figuring it out, and I'm punching and... everybody in that entire <laughs> section. Yep. Uh, next we get Psychosis versus DDP. It's a squash. Uh, Macho's in his typical brother-brother position, but no brother-brother this time. Uh, yeah, they just jaw and it goes nowhere. Uh, and then we get, uh, the close of the episode, we get Mean Gene with Flair and Piper and Kevin Green. He's still wearing the Panthers jacket. Um, they call out the NWO to come to the ring. They actually all laid down referencing Nash's pothole comment. And he's saying, they, and he basically says, come on, come pave over us. Uh, so that was great over us all. It was was cool. I liked it. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was a direct retort. Uh, a lot of these promos they've been cutting on each other lately have been almost third person. So it's almost like people that aren't even real, uh, but now they're directly talking to each other. So it's, it's a little more meaningful, uh, NWO, they all throw up the sign and look back to the ramp. Scott Hall is back. Uh, oh, so. it was such an aw- – I didn't even know that he had this cool of a return, man. Yep. It was awesome. Yep, and he embraces uh, Waltman and, and Nash, obviously. Uh, they surround the ring, and the faces are holding them off, and just as everybody gets in the ring and they start to brawl, it goes off air. <laughs> yep. so. Not going to lie, man. As soon as I saw him embrace Nash and Pac, literally I just go, just because knowing now that he's passed, and I'm like, oh my god, and yeah, I know he right? looked just good shape coming out, happy as fuck to get back, and uh sucked. So uh, just seeing it, but also good moment. Yep, um, it was awesome, man. I loved it, and I, I don't know if you know, but that Sunday, the one that right there, I, I was there. <clears throat> hey, man, guess what? I thought of something. Um, I'm gonna admit something right now, and this is really fucked up. You're probably going to laugh. Let me ask you. This is a fun... Yeah, let's play a game. Quiz. Two-question quiz. You ready? Okay. What era or year is my favorite all-time in wrestling? The the era that we're watching right now. Okay. So would you say 97? Yeah. Yeah. What year did I fail middle school... Seventh grade. I have no fucking clue. 97? Yeah. <laughs> While watching this shit and really get into it, I go, man, later that year, this is this, blah, blah, blah. I go, oh, my God. I had to kayfabe to all my buddies that I wasn't getting a tutor and that I had fucking failed seventh grade. That summer, it was go to the summer school or you have to have a tutor or you're fucking staying right here in seventh grade when everybody else moves on to eighth. By the way, you know how you get like a 65 is passing? Mm. Failed science with a 63. I'm like, that bitch did that on purpose. Anyway, um, I we were going to a wedding in California, so my parents ended up getting me a, uh, a tutor. But most likely, I'm going to go ahead and say, man, I mean, this is a very big fucking year. Everything that was going on right here. April, May, June, it's some of the best fucking shit and raw. I'm like, ah, I'm kind of glad I failed seventh grade. <laughs> All right. Hey, man, my life, not a movie. But guess what? It's time for movie of the week.
when I saw the name that you put on for this for this week, I was like, I know it. I know this one. It's uh, did it all for the glory of love. Boo. Did it all for the glory of love. <laughs> no, it's not. Actually, it's if I'm not mistaken, it's a Patrick Swayze movie. Glory. Nope. Not that one. All it right. Not Patrick Swayze, no. All right. Take <laughs> two. Hey, guys, this is movie of the week with ODM. It's glory. Tell me about it. Uh, I'm surprised you've never seen this. Glory. Uh, so we've got Matthew Broderick. We've got Carrie Elways. We've got Morgan Freeman. We've got Denzel Washington. We've got Andre Brower. Um, who else am I missing? I feel like I'm – did I say Morgan Freeman? I did say Morgan Freeman. Uh, yeah, it's basically the movie. It was at this time about, right here that ODM realized that he did say Morgan Freeman. <laughs> this is a movie about the first black regiment in the United States Army uh, that occurred during the Civil War. Matthew Broderick plays uh, somebody who is promoted to colonel to head up this regiment. And uh, the regiment is basically made up of escaped slaves. Uh, so it just documents that. It is a very powerful, very impactful movie with one of the most tear-inducing realist scenes uh, ever, um, uh, which is uh, you know portrayed by Denzel in that particular scene. It's just uh, and, you know this is all based on on history. This is you know this is all based on true stories. A, a lot of the plot is based on a correspondence from uh, Colonel Shaw uh, and his parents. Uh, Colonel Shaw, played by Matthew Broderick. Um, it is just an absolutely fantastic movie. Um, there's one part, so I mean, basically, you know, they're you know they're training these guys to be soldiers and have discipline, uh, which they do a great job of. But at the beginning, it's more of a, it, it's viewed by a lot of people as a sideshow, as a as a gimmick almost. Uh, but you know, Colonel Shaw is taking it very seriously. Um, you know, I don't want to go over a, a lot of it. I just don't know what else to say. It, it is very, it's just everybody plays their part well. It's it, it's interesting history. It makes you want to learn more about this actual event. Um, so yeah, uh, it, I actually saw this in. Uh, we watched it in seventh grade history, I think. Um, mm. Which is the first time I saw. Did it. not see this one. It is. It is super good. I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm missing somebody else who was in the movie. Um, but they actually show, uh, you know, they show Frederick Douglass in the beginning. Um, you know, for those of you who don't know, it's from Rochester, New York. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just, it, it's really, you know, I know a lot of the movies. Shout out, Freddie. Hope you're listening. What, what did you say? <laughs> Freddie, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> this is going to go south quick. No pun intended. Maybe we should move on. <laughs> Sorry, Nightwing. I tried to represent. It's an awesome movie. Hope you like it, too. If you haven't seen it, go it's watch not... it. <laughs> don't get... Don't. <laughs> Let's just stop there before this gets worse. That's not... It's... All right, hang on. Either we can try to get back into this or we can talk <laughs> <Nope>. about... <laughs> I don't have much more to say, honestly. It, it really... It's just... It, 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 uh, what I was going to say was we tend to stick with a lot of, you know, we focus on comedy a lot. 
uh, fun. Yeah, some yeah, of, some yeah, of yeah. the stuff that we've brought up is epic stuff. You know, like like Lawrence of Arabia, The Godfather, right? Um, but this movie again, it makes you interested in and in what really happened, and it really it really gets you. If you don't come out of this with some kind of feeling in your heart, uh, then you're 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 fucking morally bankrupt or, or just spiritually broken or something. Because there's there's a lot to take in in this, and there's a lot that means a lot you know to, to us as, as humanity it's just it's a fantastic movie it's funny because in two weeks i'll be going at this semi alone we don't know what the plan is you know because yeah. you'll be out up in the air and the movie of the week will be up to me and it's funny when you're like you know really try to focus on the epics you have uh godfather lawrence of arabia glory just knowing what's on the list right now, I'm like, I have to change it up. I think I'm going to change it. <laughs> Mine is like one of the worst Sylvester Stallone movies of all time. <laughs> That's why I got so confused. I'm like, I'm like, well, maybe you even he really text, you go, this it. one's all you. I thought you were going to put <laughs> Johnny, Dan- Johnny, Dan- Johnny Dangerously with uh, Michael Keaton. <laughs> oh, my God. The one where he keeps taking the, uh, the wallpaper off of the car while it's driving. That's one of my favorite scenes. Oh, my God. Well, that is a wrap. Wow, that was fun. I uh, Thanks so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling. We're going to be back next week. We will be back with our top topic, which kind of did a little change up here as to what the plans are for the rest of the season, especially since you are going to be leaving us for a couple of weeks. But next week, our top topic, and look at some we can rank, some I think we don't need to. You know what I mean? Some are just a good conversation, kind of like how we brought NXT to the table. We just had a lot of good moments and things we wanted to talk about. Doing the same thing. Next week, the top families in wrestling history, which I think is exciting. I mean, we always talk about the Hearts and the Von Erichs, but you have way deeper ties, of course. You know, when we talk about Rock's family with the – I can never say it right. I'm like the Enoli. Um, oh, NOI. Yeah, but you also have uh, the Guerreros, you, the Rose family. You know, we we have a lot of families to to cover and some deep roots and shit. Ortons, you know, and certain people who are you know second, third generation superstars and how that lineage goes. So I'll be excited to talk about that one next week. A lot more on the way, as always, for season four. But because it is season four, as always. I bid you farewell. My name is a professor. Hope you guys had a good time. See you back next Wednesday. And because it's season four, ODM will leave us with just four words. Hey, I was there. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing, the analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
<laughs> <laughs> Donations. Oh, I thought this was a track. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>